tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. Good morning, Swarm! And welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Join me as always, Xavier Guerrero and Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you guys? Doing good. Love the show today. Big so banger excited. show. Super banger show. Went super long, so guess what? We got to get through this stuff. Guys, big shows are coming. Big shows are coming. All right, this weekend, I am in Arizona. I'm in Bisbee on the 25th and Tucson 26th. Grab your tickets now so I come back. If we don't sell tickets, Daddy ain't coming back. Grab some tickets. And I love you guys. If you, maybe it's just a small town you guys aren't into. It, I'll always come back. But grab your tickets, dude. I'd love to see you. Then the following week, is it the following week? No, it's nope. a week after mm-hmm. that. It's a week after that. One week off and Bang! Bang! We're in where? We're in Texas, everybody. That's right. Going to Texas. April 8th, I am in. We, uh, Myself, Xavier, Jay Nice. I mean, excuse me, uh, Eddie, Jay Nice is not coming. He's still afraid of, to perform. But I am never asked. Okay. People ask me on Twitter all the time, hey, are you going to be? No, I'm not. I'm Johnny, never I've there. asked you and you said you You've didn't want to You've never go. once So you want to start going. Is that what you want to do? It depends on where, yeah, and when. Okay, all right. See, yeah, now we're already getting fine print. No, of course. I mean, if if I'm in town. I'm in El El Paso. April 8th, I'm in El Paso at a rodeo center. (laughs) Then April 9th, we are in Corporate Christie at a fucking Nuance Brewery. That's April 8th, April 9th, and then keep going down. Then then we take a week off. Then on the 22nd, I'm in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and then the next day on the 23rd, I'm in Baltimore. Then go down one more. Oh, then next week I'm in Palmdale. Then we go to Chicago on the 20 on the on the 29th is Chicago. And then the 30th, I am in I'm at Float Fest. So come get weird. We'll talk about that another time. But shows, bang, 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 pow, pow, pow. Go to samtriple.com. Tons of uh, premium content on rockfin.com. You'll find all of our shows there. Buy your t-shirts at tinfoilhattshirts.com. Tinfoilhattshirts.com. And then finally, all my free shows. You just got to go there. Click on the uh, click on the banner. Just go. You can click go down. Oh, oh the Tinfoil Hat Only Conspiracies Telegram is fire, bro. It's fire it's every day. I think a thousand posts happen. Easy. I'm not even kidding. A thousand posts happen. Just go to uh, right. just go samtriple.com. Click the link. Get it. We're up to what? Two, 26. 26. 2600. Our goal is 10. 
thousand people. Uh, all my free shows: Sam Tripoli, Broken Sim, Cash Daddies, Punch Drunk, Zero, Conspiracy Social Club, Union of the Unwanted. Just click the banners, and you'll find out where you can listen to those for free. We have a radio show as well, so go check that guy out. Anything else, guys? Nah, where you do you got shows? Way. I got a show April sixteenth. We don't smoke the same live in Riverside. Let's do it. Uh, uh, Eventbrite. Bio, you already know where to go. Anything else? Broken Sim will be out in the morning. So. Yeah, oh, we got a new Broken Sim. New about Broken to drop. Sim this week and next week. Is it a little player hater show? Am I too player hater? No, it's good. Okay, are you sure? Yes. All right, so I, I, Daddy got a little out there. If you want to see my, if you want to see my specials, just go to uh, samtriple.com. They're all right there, dude. Tony Merkel comes and drops a hammer of the god. We talk a little bit of dog boy. We talk about a little bit dog of inter- uh, uh, excuse me. Talk a little bit of dog man. A little bit of interdimensional uh, entities. Enjoy the show. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. All right, let's get into it. Very excited to have this next gentleman back. He's building his own empire. Look at this website. Crushing it, dude. Uh, He's one of the best dudes in the biz. I love him very much. I always enjoy our conversations, and I'm glad to have him back on the show. He's got an awesome podcast called The Confessionals, and he's got a new movie, a new doc coming out called Dogman Documentary Expedition Dogman. Please welcome to the show, Tony Merkel. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on again. You back. look great, bro. You look great. You've been working out. You've been fasting. What have you been doing? Uh, it's what COVID does to you, man. So <laughs> I got. Oh, you got the AIDS. Yeah, yeah. I got the. I, in uh, January this year, I thought I could, you know, escape the whole COVID nonsense, but uh, I got it, and uh, I lost like 15 pounds in a week, and. Then uh, after I came out of it, I didn't like the taste of meat. And now I'm good with the, the taste of meat, but I have zero desire to eat it. Like I just want vegetables all the time. So I just been turned vegetarian. Thanks a lot, Bill Gates. Wow. 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 Dude, that's like that guy that got hit on the head and then came out gay. Oh my God, I thought he sued like a pharma company or something, wasn't it? He, he started taking some medicine that made him gay. No, no, he fell down and he oh, woke really? no, up. No. And he, uh, he's right. I've heard about that thing. He started taking some medicine. No, no, main... no. That's yeah. a different oh, guy. Okay. There was a guy a long time ago that fell, like went to a coma, came out, and he's like, I just got to eat all Everything this. makes you gay, yeah. apparently. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Every, Careful. Dude, when you're gay, everything makes you gay. <laughs> yeah, when you're yeah, just yeah. looking for yeah. a reason. Like being a Republican congressman. Yeah, this yeah, makes you gay. 100%. It's amazing. You think uh, COVID made anyone gay? I'm sure. You think there's a guy who was like, dude, I got COVID and yeah, then just start blowing yeah, everybody? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about it on our other show about how like there's everyone's worried about COVID, but these trans hookers down the street are all walking with masks on <laughs> as they're about to get in like cars with strangers. Like, how funny is that? Like, what is the sign? I know you're trans hookers and science doesn't come into play in a lot of stuff, but tell me this. Tell me. The science you have about wearing a mask as you get in the stranger's car. Anyways, Tony, I'm just, you don't want to talk about that. I, uh, I, I could, but... <laughs> Tony, so uh, let's get into this, man. First of all, for those who may not be familiar with you from your awesome award-winning appearances on this show, uh, just so you know, you got a ton of votes for the... Uh, for the Mount Everest of this show, so uh, no way. Yeah, you got some votes for sure, dude. You got a ton of them, so uh, awesome. Very excited. So, real quick, 
talk to me about uh, talk to me about the confessional podcast for those who may not be familiar with it. Yeah, I started that five years ago. That's my uh, my moneymaker now. Uh, I started. I was driving truck, and I decided that I wanted to talk to people who had paranormal experiences. And uh, I was already kind of in, in touch with the community online and stuff. And so I, uh, I started the podcast, The Confessionals, where the idea was people coming forward and confessing what they had. I, love it. I don't know. I, I, I thought of it while I was driving truck and it sounded like a great idea. And I ran with it. And recently me and my wife were having a discussion. She's like, yeah, I don't think the name of the show is the best name. I'm just like, well, it's, it is what it is at this point. But, uh, I totally yeah. disagree not to cause any problems, but I think <laughs> the name of the podcast is fucking phenomenal. I think it's fucking phenomenal. I think what? it's great. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I mean, I was, I was wor working like a 14 hour shift and it just made sense then. So I ran with it and, uh, you know, we've been doing it for five years now. Uh, people contact us with anything about, you know, the paranormal to Bigfoot, Dogman, UFOs, abductions, you name it. If it's out there with that kind of paranormal angle to it, we talk to them about it and let them just share their experiences on the show. And, uh, people really seem to like it. Well, I, I love the, I love the whole thing, man. I, I just think of like how many people's lives and realities that they live in and like how blessed you are to have created this niche, you know, and this, this thing you have and like your life is hearing cool ass, crazy, weird stories. Like what a blessing that is. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's such a blessing. To be able to be like, yeah, anyways, man, I got, I got, I got, I got molested by a Bigfoot. And then you like, you just hear this guy's story. And so let's be honest. Like if you had to do a number of like what percentage of the people that you've talked to, do you believe their story? If I put it on the show, I believe them. I believe that they had an experience. And uh, I think that people come into these experiences with their own worldviews. And uh, those worldviews will define how they explain the experience they just went through. And so I may not necessarily agree with people on how they view the experiences, like, especially when it comes to like, uh, like a more demonic kind of thing. I mean, when I'm like, I like sometimes I'll have witches on the show or Satanists, like they will, they'll, they have a very different perspective than I do going into these situations. And so I may not agree exactly on how they view the situation, but if I walk away saying, yeah, I believe that that person actually experienced something uh, I, I put up on the show because over the years I've learned that if it, there's so many times that I'll put something out on the show and it's just a little piece of information and somebody will email and say, I've never heard anybody talk about that before that happened to me when I was a kid. And it was just like a, a, a blowover thing in the interview where we didn't really focus on it. And so I, I think that there's a lot of um, puzzle pieces that are being presented to the audience and people are kind of connecting dots and stuff. And uh, over the years, uh, just the, like I have a folder. I mean, I, anybody who's doing content, oh, shit, you know, he's got that, a folder. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, well, I do because here, here's the thing. So anybody who's doing content, you know, you get the, the hate mail and all that stuff. And, you know, it's just me and my wife doing the whole operation. And so sometimes that kind of gets to your psyche. So I have a special folder for all the nice positive things that I'm doing in the world with my show. And I save those emails. And so um, I have a growing folder of just people saying, thank you for doing the show. And that really makes it a, well worth it for me. Um, recently, last year, late last year, I had, uh, had to cancel an interview and, uh, a couple of times. And we finally did this interview and I sat down to talk to this guy and it was like, 
uh, it was supposed to be just a short interview. I mean, he had one story, just, you know, your typical, you know, demon coming at you in the middle of the night, nothing special. And uh, he, he said to me before we started the interview though, you know, I'm thinking it's going to be about 20 minute interview and it's just something short. Uh, and he said, I have more things I want to talk to you about, but I didn't want to put it in the email because I thought you wouldn't get back to me then. It's really crazy stuff. And I'm like, okay, what are we talking about here? And he lays it on me. And I was like, bro, you buried the lead. Like, <laughs> this is what you, you got to talk to me about this stuff. And so um, he goes, comes on my show and tells me the most um, crazy story that I've ever heard in my life because he has the receipts. Like he can actually prove uh, from his vantage point that this stuff happened to him. And uh, I've been able to verify his story through other people that he doesn't even know. Uh, and they, they don't know him. It's just this big, big story. And uh, it, it's talking about puzzle pieces with the paranormal and stuff. I feel like this story, it, it like connects so many pieces of the puzzle. And uh, so I'm actually going to be starting when I, I'm moving to Tennessee here in a few weeks. When I get down there, this is my next project. I'm actually starting a whole new podcast just for this story alone, because I think it's going to be, it, it's huge. It's, it covers so much stuff. You can't People give all, us a little piece of it, a tiny. Oh little. yeah, I can for sure. Okay. Um, Hey guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Blenders Eyewear. That's right. Fresh from San Diego, California comes the only sunglasses brand that I love. I just love these eyewear. But look at these, dude. Look at these cool ass pictures. Okay. I'm talking about Blenders Eyewear and you're going to be just as hooked when you see how awesome these shades are. Okay. I got, I went there. I grabbed some of them, dude. They got everything and anything. Dude, look at that. You look like you're from the future with those glasses on. Dude, Bro. you should go on We Don't Smoke the Same with those glasses, do a ton of drugs, and enjoy your life, bro. <laughs> those are the coolest glasses I've ever seen, okay? Chase Fisher started Blenders by selling his beachy shades out of a backpack while doubling as a surf instructor on Pacific Beach. Holla at your boy. His goal was to create an adventurous mid-price eyewear option for the same with the same cool factors as the leading styles okay unlike expensive big brand shades that you'll probably you've probably lost or smashed in the past blenders are actually affordable so when you're not so you're not going to cry as much when you inevitably lose them which everybody loses have you ever oh not lost God. sunglasses always, always always dude blenders team of in-house designers are constantly coming out with new styles from orange Polaroid wraparounds. Look at those, dude. I love those, dude. Uh, tor tortoise shell frames with purple lenses to the classic gold arms and black lenses. Bam, dude. And not just sunglasses. Br Blenders has prescription glasses for readers and blue lights as well as snow collections with goggles and accessories. Come on. Come on, dude. We're talking skiing or we're talking skiing, dog. Okay. Live in forward motion with blenders today. So here's what's going to happen to score 15% off your blender purchase. Visit blenderseyewear.com and enter the promo code tinfoilhatvip. That is blenders, B-L-E-N-D-E-R-S, eyewear.com, code Tin foil hat VIP for 15% off blenders. Rock with pride worldwide. Just, well, I want to say something real quick before you start. I just want to say something to you, Tony. It's like you're an American success story, dude. 
Like you are an American success story. I talk about it on so many of my podcasts, but you're an American success story. And there's so many people that hate that you are living your dreams. So you're always going to get somebody to say negative shit to you because there's a lot of people that don't have the fucking balls that you have to just go for it. And you know, I, I've been blessed to know you for a couple years now. And you've talked to me kind of about like the road you want to go down and, you know, and I was, I, I mean, I, I always like was very liking, I always, you know, wanted you to do it, man. You know, and obviously I, I have no impact on what you do. You do you, your own guy, but man, I'm super fucking happy for you. And you deserve it, man. You are you are what everybody that you are working a job, and I think you were happy doing your job, but you wanted to do more, and you fucking went for it. And there's so many people that are on the sidelines or or just got off on the first exit on the highway, and they're fucking miserable, and they don't fucking have the balls to go for it, and and they just like. There, because right now I, I look at your website, I look at you and, and your setup. I'm like, it's so fucking good, right? It's so good. And like, I know there's people are going to be doing that. Like, I can't look where look what he's doing. I can't do it. It's like, well, you're you're go, you're you're looking at Tony five years into this journey. Like, it takes time. Everything takes time. It's nothing. If it was worth it, everyone would be doing it. Like you go on OnlyFans and like I, I even like OnlyFans. Good God bless you. But there's so many people complain they can't make money because everybody's just plunger fucking themselves on that show, right? I mean, like I hate to be crude, but yeah. And it's no, just no, like, the ones that are making money are actually doing more than just showing. They're the hustling. Snatch. Yeah, they're just more than here. They're the hustling. Yeah, they're doing it. And it's just like you know, when you could th- who gives a fuck what what somebody thinks of you do, which makes you happy if you're not hurting people, in particular kids. Go fucking do it. And guess what, Tony? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but you were working, and I'm I, you were working a fucking job driving fucking a truck, and then on top of that. You were doing this this fucking podcast, uh, right? Yeah, I, listen, you're you're this is like my favorite topic to talk about these days. And so like you're hitting on things and I'm just like, yes. Uh first of all, I started with uh, a, a, just a computer and an old microphone that I had from college to start the show. And uh, I actually used that computer. I bought it in 2013 before I was a podcaster. And I used that all the way up until November last year. And so like it, I, I was refusing to buy a new computer, new comics. I was like, I can do this on what I had. Um, it, it's, it's all it's all progress, man. But I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, you're saying this stuff right now. And I got to tell you and everybody else, I think it was after the second time I was on the show years ago, uh, I remember after we were done recording, I was kind of like just kind of venting with you guys and letting you know, like it's it's because it's tough. I mean, I was driving tractor trailer 12, 14 hours a day, coming home, working on podcast stuff. I mean, I wouldn't go to bed till about two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, wake up at eight o'clock, go drive a truck again. Yeah. And um, it, it was a grind. It was it was wearing me down. And I was like, I was thinking, like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen for me, you know, and I don't know at what point am I going to have to make a decision here. And you were just saying, just keep going, just keep going. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's, and I, I always talk, when I talk to people about this kind of stuff, like especially other podcasters, um, there's, there's you and my buddy Wes and both you guys have large shows and, uh, have been so gracious and generous with me, uh, and, and, and just giving me the, the pep talks and stuff that I turn around. And I do the same thing for other people because in those moments for me, I was like, well, 
Sam, he knows what he's talking about. Like, like he knows that this could happen. And if, if it happened for him, why not me? And it just kind of kept me going and stuff. 100% dude. And that's what we got to tell everybody. Why not you? Why me? Why Xavier? Why Johnny to a little bit extent? Uh, why? But here's why. Episode 425. Yeah. I mean, like people dude. start a podcast in their episode 10 and then they give up. And it's, it's not, also yeah. okay to start a podcast, realize that's not it and try to go to another one. But like the premise should be like, I'm going to make it no matter what. That's what they say in sobriety. No matter what, I'm going to fucking make it, man. So well, this all, the, also the, I think the important thing, and you say this a lot, Sam, and I thought it was really good advice is to make it, not focus on all this extraneous shit. Like, he's talking about he had the same computer forever. So many people now are buying all the accessories of podcasting. You know, they've got, like, a whole studio, and they're focused on all these details. It don't really matter. Just make something first. Put it out there. You know, make it a good quality, if you can, up to a standard. I mean, thanks to everybody else, but that's how I got a lot of my equipment. People started podcasts and then they gave up and I was like, "How much you want for that?" Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Yeah, hey, so yeah, yeah I mean, you want to manipulate a couple people, but I tell people with YouTube, it's like, "Hey, man," they're like, "I'm gonna do this. I want to get running." So I'm like, "Dude, just live stream. Just start it live stream. Just live stream. Just simply look into your your MacBook or your whatever computer you use camera and just talk start simple then fucking get going and like look what he's doing dude and like jordan the lion's the same thing man just started very simple now he's destroying it and it's like the difference between everybody on the show and the people who might be wondering why can't they do it is that we just went and did it we just fucking went and did it and just keep going just keep going like i mean uh, it, there, there's the highs and the valleys and you, you, you feel like you're, you're just wandering around in a dark tunnel and you don't see any light at the end of it. And you just keep going, just knowing that, Hey, there's people out there that you've heard before that are doing this. They started from nothing and, and they, they got to a point where they're able to, you know, so maybe to sustain their family on what they're doing and they're passionate about. If they can do it, you can do it. You just got to keep trying and be honest with yourself too. I mean, always be looking to how can I make things better and stuff? I mean, I just started implementing some changes on my audio side things within the last like i don't know six months that you know i because I, I'm, I'm just trying to always make things a little better as i go along you're and killing so it, it dude look at your present presentation dude that is fucking studio like network television level presentation look at that but, dude that's fucking unbelievable man i gotta redo it now because i gotta leave this this room so <laughs> when i get to tennessee <laughs> i gotta find a a new studio space and make it look good again. But, but yeah, it's just, um, piece by piece. And like we said in the beginning here in this conversation, I mean, I, I started in my third bedroom in my house with a desktop computer an old microphone from college and I hit record and started going. And, uh, now, I mean, I, in this room alone, I have four sure SM seven B's for when I have guests in the studio and stuff. And like I built up to that point though. But when I started out, it was uh, M audio Nova microphone that they didn't even produce when I started the podcast anymore. They don't even make it anymore. And uh, because I wanted the similar quality of microphone, when I had somebody else in the studio with me, I found somebody else who was selling a used one. So I could have matching microphones, you know, I think I got it for like 10 bucks, you know, but it's all a progress and process. And you have to kind of enjoy that process. Yeah, the process is everything. It's not the destination. It's the process. You know, when 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 I see comedians talking about their careers, 
Yeah, they love that they play. I very rarely do they go, so I was playing Rockefeller Center. Very rarely is that the story they like to tell. They're like, man, me and my boys, we were doing open mics. I remember when I got my first headlining spot. Like, those are the stories that people tell. Those are the stories that people remember. They're not the fucking, like, the 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 the, the desserts that come from. My buddy just played the, uh, the, the, the forum. You know, I guarantee you, like, he doesn't tell that story. Yeah. I guarantee you he tells about going on the road with dice or going, all that stuff. I mean, your that good stories them. were at the comedy store back in the day. Those yeah. are the good stories that when you I tell. Was broke as yeah. fuck. All right. I can't wait. Guys, just get into it. Why do you guys got to talk about all that <laughs> stuff? Save it for blah, 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 blah. Got you guys. Let's get into the stuff you came for. Uh, very excited, man. You got a movie coming out. You got a doc. Dogman, Dogman, Dogman documentary, Expedition Dogman. Tell me a little bit about it. All right. So uh, episode 335 of the Confessionals podcast is called Dog versus Dogman. And I had this guy, Kyle, uh, we call him Kyle. It's not his real name, but um, he <laughs> reached out to me with this story about him when he was a kid encountering this, this monster in the Kentucky Daniel Boone National Forest woods. And uh, the way the email read was just so captivating. I mean, I literally was getting physically getting closer to the screen as I was reading it. And, um, and it, it just, he laid out this story where he, and he came on my show and told this story where uh, he was 15 years old and he was coon hunting with his grandfather uh, in the, the, the Daniel Boone National Forest. And now his grandfather was in rough shape, couldn't get out of the truck kind of thing. So he would drive him back into the woods. He would get out with the dogs and they would go and hunt raccoons. And so they get on, the, the dogs get on a scent, they take off and, you know, he just kind of follows the barks and he can tell by how they're barking what what's going on. And as he's going into the woods, his grandfather gets on the radio because at the same time, they both heard a bunch of coyotes coming in as well. And so his grandfather said, get to the dogs before the coyotes get there. Or else it's gonna be a nasty fight. And so he's rushing through the woods and he's trying to get there, but he doesn't get there in time. And there's a fight that breaks out between the dogs and the coyotes. Now it sounded, he said it sounded like the coyotes kind of came in one at a time, essentially. Uh, and they had two dogs out there. One dog was Jake. He was the older veteran dog. And then there was another dog named Bo, who was a younger dog. And I guess the way they train their dogs is essentially the younger dogs learn from the older dogs how to hunt. And so when this fight happened, though, the younger dog got scared and ran away and left Jake alone. And I know. Right. <laughs> and so he he's fighting these these uh, raccoons off and they like retreat. He said you could hear him leave. And then his dog just goes back to barking up this tree that he has the raccoon treat in. And uh, then you hear the coyotes come in again and they come in, in like a pack. And so they come in and you could hear his dog was getting beat up on. And then all of a sudden he hears the other dog come in and the fight changes. The coyotes run off. He arrives on the scene. He sees his dog, Jake, who, you know, never left, uh, treeing this raccoon, barking up the tree. And so he goes over, pets him on the head, and he hears the other dog, Bo, on the other side of the tree, chomping down on a coyote. And so he walks around the tree to see his dog and he finds out when he heard his dog come in, it wasn't his dog. It was something different. And so he said what he saw standing on the other side of this tree on all fours was the biggest dog he ever saw in his entire life. He said it was so big that it was holding a coyote by the rib cages in its mouth. Oh, my uh, God. 
Yeah, like absolutely huge. And he wasn't far from this. It was like right there. And he comes around the tree and he stops and he stares at this thing. This thing looks up, sees him. And uh, at this point, locks eyes with eyes with Kyle. And this thing, he said, stands up on two legs. Oh, my and God. Listen, listen th this thing takes off after him because he runs. And so when he runs, this thing runs after him. His dog, Jake. Now, Bo never came back. Bo's gone. The young dog, Fuck that Bo, dog's gone. Man. And yeah, no coward, right? So young dog, you know, it is what it is. But, um, so Jake, uh, comes in and actually, uh, attacks this gigantic dog that's chasing after Kyle. And so, uh, this happens where Kyle's running away. His dog comes in. This thing just takes his dog and throws it. And Whoa. so it continues to go after Kyle. And this happened, uh, two other times. Well, the last time uh, Kyle, and this happened really fast. I mean, it, it happened faster than I can tell it. Um, the last time Kyle actually tripped over something like a tree or something, he falls over and this thing comes in and he said it was, he said it was so close to him that he could actually see down the back of its throat. And oh. so at, at this point, I mean, he's scared. Of, like he, he, I'm dead. He's dead. And uh, he thought that he thought that his dog was dead because the second time this, his dog came in on this thing, he said this thing didn't just push him off. It threw him through the woods where he could hear his dog just crashing through the tree branches and, and crying. And so he thought his dog was dead. But the third time his dog comes running in and broadsides this thing and he gets up, runs out of the out into a clearing and he's calling for his dog, knowing that his dog's dead because he said all he could hear is this thing tearing his dog to pieces. Oh. Now to, for everybody who's listening right now that hears this story, um, I'll, I'll just I'll just cover this for you real quick because I to save on emails I guess um, he was 15 years old and he had this 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 thing coming after him. Uh, a lot of times people don't understand why he uh, he ran away from this thing. He let his dog basically get killed by this thing. Uh, he he was 15. He was a kid. You know, like he was just learning how to hunt. And, um, so he gets out in this clearing and he's firing off his gun in the air, calling for his dog, knowing this dog's not coming. He jumps in the truck and tells his grandfather, just get out of here, go, go, go. So his grandfather's going, he's like, where's the dogs? He tells his grandfather what happened. And his grandfather said to him, listen, if you're going to be hunting in these, these woods for the rest of your life, you got to understand there's things in these woods that you're not going to understand. And if you can't come to grips with that, you're not going to be a good hunter. And so like his whole world paradigm is being shifted right now. And, uh, th his grandfather said that they're going to go home that night. The next day they're going to go out looking for the dogs. And, uh, he said, grandpa, there's no point in coming looking for Jake. Jake is dead. And Bo ran off like Jake is dead. And he said, if Jake did for you, what you say he did, then we owe it to him to come and look for him at least. And so the next morning they got up, they went out into the woods looking for the dog. They can't find him anywhere. And uh, so before they went back to the house, his grandfather took his coat off and let it on the side of the road in case the dog smells the coat comes and they'll come back in the evening and look for the dogs again. So that's what they did. They came back in the evening and they're, they're not finding the dogs anywhere. And then just as they're getting ready to leave, his grandfather says, look, there's a dog. And maybe like, I guess, 20 yards ahead of the truck, they see a dog off to the side of the road. And so he said, it's, it's Bo, go get your leash, get Bo, get him in the back of the truck. So they go up, uh, he goes up to the dog. And when he arrives to the dog, he learns that it wasn't Bo at all. It was actually Jake. He said, Jake survived the attack. Oh my God. And, 
Yeah. It, it, it's like he said it, it was, it was literally a miracle because he said like his ears were shredded like noodles. Oh. Like it was just like this dog was destroyed. And so puts him in the back of the truck, takes him home. His grandmother was like, um, the lady in the area that really kind of took care of animals. When somebody needed help with an animal, she took care of him. So just took him to his grandma and she actually nursed the dog back to health. And Jake actually lived to be an old dog. Um, he did go back out hunting, but he just never was the same kind of hunting dog that he once was because apparently Jake was like the dog in the area. Everybody knew Jake. Uh, but after that incident, he just wasn't the same. And then, uh, to put a nice bow on the story <laughs> pun, I guess, uh, Bo did come back. Uh, they about two weeks later, a local shop uh, miles away found him roaming their parking lot, saw the dog collar, called him. They got both their dogs back. Uh, but that story is what took me to to Kentucky to film this documentary, because during this interview, I, uh, I asked Kyle, I said, uh, if I came down to Kentucky, would you show me where this happened? And he's like, absolutely. He said that he's never been back to the area because it, it scarred him. Uh, but if I came down, he would show me where this is at. And so that is what started the process of this documentary uh, of me taking, I, I had to assemble a team together to come down and do this. And uh, I had no idea how it was all going to come together because it was just this idea that I had this um, amazing story on my show I had just gone full-time podcasting. I was like, I want to do more stuff. I want to build stuff. This is kind of like what I do. I, I like building things. And so I was like, if I come down there, I'll shoot video. I'll have somebody shoot video. I don't know. We'll figure it out. And what came together for this documentary is far beyond anything I, I even dreamt in the moment. It, it's, it, it just really, it took a life of its own. And people came along my path that it was very organically that contributed to the project. Like I had, uh, my main videographer on this trip, he actually used to film for Glenn Beck at the blaze years ago. And he listens to my show and he reached out and just to talk about other things. I'm like, Hey, what are you doing in October? You want to come to Kentucky with me? And he's like, sure. He had never done anything like this before. Um, and then, uh, Christian is like the, the secondary cameraman. And he's the one who really kind of produced the whole thing after we shot, he's done stuff for o the curse of Oak Island on, on, I think it's discovery Ooh, channel. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a treasure hunter. Like this is what he does. So when I, I'm talking to him, I'm like, Hey, you want to come hunt a monster? And he's like, I guess so. Like it just, <laughs> the, way, the way it all came together was amazing, but I had, it's not just me, Tony, the podcaster, former truck driver shooting video in the woods and calling it a documentary. I had real professional guys who knew what they're doing with cameras great, and storyline. And it just, it turned out amazing. And so this, yeah, this Friday we're dropping it. And I, I, I could go into what happened in Kentucky. It, it was crazy. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Way more, exactly. way more than I expected. Yeah. I'd like to hear what happened in Kentucky. Cause I'm freaking the fuck out guys. I want to tell you about our friends at athletic greens. That's right. I started taking athletic greens cause I wanted a fun way to get my multivitamins and there is no better way than athletic greens. That's right. Tastes great. Does the work. Makes me feel amped. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and apple aptogens. 
Okay, yeah. To help you start your day right, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and aging. All things holla at your boy. Okay, I love to throw a little orange juice, some athletic greens, some fruit in there, and then bang. Bang, as I, I do it, as I salute the American flag. <laughs> and when I finish, an eagle lands on my on my shoulder, and we just sing the national anthem. Because I love Athletic Greens. That's right. It's a lifestyle, okay? And it's a lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo. Keto. Keto or keto, dude. I do keto. You do keto, okay? <laughs> paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Does not matter. It is all good in the hood with them, okay? Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificials, okay? Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, all right? Why not make it the best of the best, okay? It's important to choose a very high-quality fuck multivitamin with high quality ingredients to get your body rocking okay it costs less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit come on dude athletic green has over five over seven thousand five star reviews man you know you want it right now it's time to claim your health and arm your immunity system with convenient daily nutrition especially heading into flu and cold season it's just one scoop uh, one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it no need for multiple millions of different pills and supplements okay just one simple scoop to make it easy athletic green is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Johnny, have you, are, uh, are you afraid of dog, man? I mean, you've killed a lot of animals. Well, I, 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 my question will be related to that. Um, and, and if it spoils something for what you might say, uh, just tell me, but... Did did you get the impression, or did he get the impression from this that what he encountered could have killed him if it wanted to? Yeah, so uh, Kyle did. So Kyle believes that th there's a lot of theories about Dogman. Uh, Kyle believes that Dogman is a very physical, real creature that has been in the area for a long time because after that initial experience, he uh, learned more about it. His grandfather talked to him more about it. He found out that there's this thing called Slewfoot in Kentucky that he always heard about growing up, but he thought it was a bear because there's like an old bluegrass song that talks about the Slewfoot and they, it says it's a bear in the lyrics, but it turns out that the original song, it wasn't a bear. It was an upright walking dog in the lyrics and they changed it over time. But when you hear the chorus of the song and it, it says that the bear jumps or runs 90 miles an hour, jumps 30 feet. It, it clearly sounds like a creature that's supernatural, but he believes that these are very physical creatures that have just been there the entire time and people run into these things. And so, uh, yeah, he really believes that he would have died that night if it wasn't for his dog. And that's why he even came on my show to tell the story is to kind of honor his dog and the life of his dog. Because I mean, when, when you, when you get to know Kyle, like I have, you know, that he's a very emotional guy and he doesn't take lightly the things that he has in life. And so the fact that he has life because of the dog, he feels like he owes it all. Now, uh, other people 
have other theories about Dogman that kind of go into more of a metaphysical realm kind of thing where yeah. they're part physical and not. It, 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 it gets deep. It gets really deep. Well, I'm all about that. Well, I, I, okay, so so yeah, I think you answered my, my question was really that because I what you told me, it almost sounds to me like, hey, this creature saved them from coyotes and then this guy's dog started to attack it and it's just trying to get these dogs yeah, to scare him like, away. Yeah, I'm on your team! Is that an interpretation that he considered or is that, I mean, he was there. I, I trust he would know. Or does he just think so, it was trying to kill him? Definitely. So so you're saying that... Was it dog, trying to kill dog? him? Is he sure of that? That it was trying to kill him and maybe the dogs yeah, were just attacking I mean, this animal? Well, I mean, so what he believes is that the coyotes tr- attracted this creature to come in. He believes that this thing heard the fighting happening and wanted to come in for food. And uh, when he arrived on scene and ran, he believes that the natural instincts of chase after happened and this thing was going after him. Um, the, the, I, he, I, yeah, he believes that this thing wanted to, to kill him because uh, of how close it got. I mean, he, like, I'll never forget. I mean, the, his story, I mean, we, it was a long conversation, right? But I'll never forget the th- when he said to me, that it was so close to him that he could see down the back of his throat. That was just like the imagery. I was just like, holy Well, that's what crap. makes me think that it maybe didn't want to kill him. If it got that close, it seems something this big and powerful probably could have just reached out and bit his face off or something. Yeah, so, and, and that's that's what how he feels too. Uh, but at that moment is when, that, that last second moment is when his dog came okay. in and broadsided this thing. And that's when he got up and ran out into the clearing and he could hear his dog just getting torn to pieces. So he thinks that... If it wasn't for his dog broadsiding this thing in that moment, he wouldn't be alive. What right if it was now. just trying to talk to him? It's like, dude, slow down. Hey, man, I wanna, I wanna talk to you. Hey, dude. Can, you scratch <laughs> Can I see my your ears? iPhone? Can you scratch my ears? <laughs> so, uh, so before we get into what happened there, what are your theories on? Like, oh, first of all, I do want to hear the metaphysical shit. So do you, do you want to hear about, what do you guys want to hear? Kentucky, what happened in Kentucky, or his thoughts on metaphysical then Kentucky? Yes, yes. Like it being inter- interdimensional? Like which one do you want to start with? All of it. I already pissed off everybody for not asking about your podcast story, which do not let me forget to ask that about the story that makes you want to start a new podcast. Uh, so, oh, yeah. And then, uh, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget don't, that. We won't. Wrote it down. So okay. we so we pulled up this website. Which one of these is the dogman you think he saw? On all fours, ten feet, eight feet. There's a ten foot one. Uh, I would say if there's size wise, I think he, if I remember correctly, he said this thing was probably about seven feet tall. Oh snap! So it's that one right there. Damn, dude! Imagine seeing a seven foot tall dog. Seriously, I mean, dude. I like my friends were swimming the other day in the ocean and a fucking uh, dolphin came up. I would anything in the water is I don't care what it is, is a shark to me. I don't care what it is. And I instantly shit my pants. That's all I do. If I saw a dog man that was seven foot tall dog, I would shit you're my like pants. A, you're like a skunk or something? You're yeah, just... I would just go rain defense mode, shit myself so I taste like crap. <laughs> like an octopus just squirting <laughs> out that like shit. Tastes like crap? That yeah, way the second literally. he bites you, he's yeah, like, this like, don't uh, taste good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's smart, dude. That's kind of smart. I just poop. That's what I happens when a fucking apocalypse now just rubbing it all over me. I, I bet that evolved beside your super heavy legs, you know, as you got slower. I got, got bad legs, bro. We'll talk about it another day. So, so let's get into the metaphysical and then what happened to you in Kentucky. Talk to okay. me about the metaphysical. You know, it's probably best for this because 
I think what happened in Kentucky is metaphysical. Uh, and so, well, so the metaphysical, all right, let me, uh, so there's this, this idea. So when I first started doing the podcast, uh, I really came from doing diving into the Bigfoot world and all that stuff. We've had those kind of conversations on the show. Um, I had this idea that these, these cryptids that people were seeing were very physical because the stories I was hearing, they saw a very physical thing. And then over time I started hearing these, uh, stories like especially with dog man where people are saying that, you know, it's these creatures are on their property and then all of a sudden they're in the house, but there's no sign of breaking and entering. They just appeared. And so it's like, okay, so what are we talking about here? And I heard uh, a story years ago about a guy who him and his wife got in a really bad argument, really bad argument. Some people talk about how uh, if there's a lot of like negativity in the household, it could spawn paranormal activity and, they, they had this habit where you, you have bad days with each other, but you don't go to bed angry. Well, that night they went to bed angry. And so they're in bed laying there, both pissed off. And they both wind up seeing these red shapes appearing at the bottom of their bed, like on the wall. And they're just kind of floating around on the, uh, they're floating around on the wall. And um, he says to his wife, you know, are you seeing this? And she's like, yeah, I'm seeing this. And he said something inside of him told him to look to his left. And so he looks to his left and he says in his, in his bedroom is this, uh, this dog with glowing red eyes standing there staring at him uh, on all four. And so there's this idea, this, this, this idea where these creatures are popping up and they're, they're not just these physical creatures, but they're also maybe on a spiritual realm at the very least. If, if you want to talk maybe interdimensionalism, there's that aspect as well, because all right. So, uh, when I'm on, I, I've been hearing about this stuff, you know, and, and for years, I had a friend who told me about how, um, he had an experience with a dog man and he, for years he thought it was a very physical thing until he heard the version of the story told by people who were there, but not him. And what they saw compared to what he saw made him feel like, okay, this is more than just a physical creature. This, this it seems like there's, there's more to this. And he, he has this idea that they might be metaphysical where the longer they're in this dimension, the more physical they become. Now take that idea paired with um, this other idea, because I'm driving to Kentucky. It's like four o'clock in the morning. I'm driving through the middle of Pennsylvania between Philly and Pittsburgh. There's absolutely nothing but woods. It's, it's dark out. And I, I, I'm not trying to be spooked out or anything. I'm about to go hunt a dog, man. And so I turn on Tim pool and I'm, I'm listening to Tim pool and it's in the beginning of October. And he, he, because it's, it's October, they're just doing little spooky things, nothing major. I mean, nothing changed, but you know, they had this one guy, Shane Cashman on their show. And, and uh, he actually uh, started uh, his own paranormal podcast through Tim pool's company. Uh, I want to give him credit for this tales from the inverted world. Uh, And he's on there talking about different things that he came up with, uh, came up with through his investigations. He talked to this woman who's a witch and she was going through a school of mystery. Now, people, they, they saw Harry Potter and they think it's all fake. There's actually schools out there that teach people witchcraft. And they like you go to school to learn witchcraft. Damn. And so he she, she's talking to him about this. And she said that in one of the classes, they're learning how to open up portals. Wow. And yeah, she said what she saw come through a portal once was an upright walking dog. 
And so like I, I I'm I'm going to Kentucky to spend nights in the woods hunting a dog man. And all of a sudden I had this idea that maybe this thing came through a portal. And I'm like, I'm looking in my back seat. I have 250 rounds of buckshot, double lot buck. I got slugs. And I'm like, I don't know if I have enough ammo for this thing. Like, I don't know if, if bullets is going to kill it. And so that kind of took me down to Kentucky with this whole other mindset of this meta- metaphysical nature that just kind of like made my head pop a little bit. Damn, dude. I totally believe in that. I believe in all that. I believe like it also comes down to what are you, what you believe is possible is what you believe you, which what you believe is possible is what you can see. If you don't believe in it at all, it's impossible for you to see it. You just can't see it. If you don't think a dog man is possible or Bigfoot is possible or demons are possible, if you don't believe in that, you'll never see it. And it's kind of like, let's take it into conspiracies. If you believe in false flags and you believe in all that stuff, when these things happen, it lines up for you. You just like, Hey dude, I've seen this calling card on these things a million times. I know what they're doing. But if you don't believe in that, you'll never see it. If it's interdimensional, yeah, is there any way it could be a uh, skinwalker? What do you mean? I think so. Skinwalker, the ones that become into like priests and they develop into dogs and humans. Could it be a skinwalker it's dog? It's all man? possible, dude. Yeah. Any of it's possible. It's all I, like, dude. It's like the world is. It's like the possibilities are endless. It's like, I, I just tell people, I, I just say you do, we are living in way more interesting fucking world than anybody wants you to believe. You're right. You're right. I, I get so excited talking to you guys. Cause you guys guys ask questions. I'm just like, Oh, you're so right on that. Uh, Man, listen, it, it, it definitely could be a skinwalker. The most classic idea of a skinwalker is somebody transforming themselves into a dog. And so it definitely could be a skinwalker. There's the occult angle uh, where, so I talked to a guy years ago who was like deep into the occult. Like, I mean, he hardcore and he talks about how at, at I guess whatever he was practicing, I don't know. There's, there's a lot to it. I, I'm not. I'm not from the occult. I don't know a lot of the stuff, um, but he want, the the path that he was on. At some point, he was going to have to make a decision whether he becomes a vampire or a werewolf. What? And he ran into a man years before that told him if he ever gets to that level that he was supposed to choose vampire because werewolf was the most excruciating pain you could possibly go through for that transformation. So he chose werewolf or a vampire. And like for three months, he, he, all he consumed was um, uh, like cracker, like wafer crackers and uh, female blood. Like he had women coming over to his place where he would bite down their necks just to drink out out of their necks. What? Hold up. What? Start this again. You guys guys don't know about this stuff. Come on. (laughs) Hold on. So there was a guy that was training. Was he training? No, he was going to yeah, transform. It's all ritual. Oh, so he was doing rituals to transform. And he, yeah. and he gets to that point where they're like, it's like choose your own adventure, yeah. right? And he's like, yeah. to be a werewolf, pick page 87. To be a vampire, pick 80, uh, page 75. And he picks vampire. And so for three months, he's eating crackers and giving hickeys. Where's he is finding girls doing? to come over and just yeah, what, what give what you, blood? Is that I don't, Craigslist? He's in a cult. Oh, he's a cult. No, he, 
Yeah, well, he he was the uh, the the head. Um, what's it called? The uh, the high priest of the of the uh, the coven that he that he he was running his his own coven. So the people in his coven, uh, I guess, were all on board for this. But they, like, he was at a point where like this was um, it, it it was it was big. Like, I mean, this isn't like when you get into this kind of stuff. Like, it, the the deeper you go, the bigger it gets, and not smaller. You know, there's more people than you can imagine involved in this kind of stuff, not less. So, I mean, I think we often think like the deeper you get into this, the fewer there are people. I think you just discovered there's a lot more than you pre- had preconceived 100%, notions of. One hundred percent, dude. One, yeah. hu- there is a whole subculture that just gets into. I mean, like, dude, dude. that scene from Blade is like real. You go to these fucking underground nightclubs and it's just, it's way crazier than anyone even understands. And even more, the more you're in the city, the less you see it, in my humble opinion. I can't get the over The more you get out, the more you see weird shit. You can't get over so, fucking crackers and blood for three months. Should that be the name of the episode? Cracker and blood. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you, uh, just because you guys are out where you're at, uh, just this month on, uh, was it the first of this month was, was an episode day. Yeah. The first of this month, March 1st, a guy named Joseph was on my show and, uh, he has spent 30 years in the film industry and a good portion of that was in Hollywood. And the way he kind of got mixed in with the elites, like he rubbed shoulders with high name people that he didn't want to drop on the show. He's told me though, he went to, uh, he went to a, what, what's it called? A seance. He went to the seance where it's like a group party seance where they were all like, he said, I think he said there's like 20 or 30 of them in the room and it was like entertainment for them. But he talked about seeing like ectoplasm come out of this woman and like these spirits speaking to people in the room. It's crazy stuff. It's crazy. Johnny, you don't believe? No, no. I mean, I, I, I certainly, all I it, certainly believe. Yeah. 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 I think that's crazy. Yeah. It's creepy ass shit, dude. It's Has there creepy. been something like Dogman over there, but where you live, Johnny? Have you ever had any Dogman stuff? I know you saw your uh, like. My my dad has a, a crazy thing yeah, about crazy him, uh, that him and and his his cousin had the same experience separately of this uh, red eyed white haired woman in the back of their car uh, over the same bridge, and they had the experience separately. It both it was like one of the scariest things of their entire life. And then they came together one time and were like, oh, yeah, I saw that. And then when my dad said that, his cousin, like, turned white. And because he can't even talk about it, it makes him, like, pee. And, really? Uh, I mean, it's that kind of fear. Yeah. And it's, uh, but my dad swears that since they rolled over the bridge or whatever, it's no longer a bridge there. He's filled in that little creek. It doesn't happen anymore. So. Do they say that that, that Aww, girl's. poor old lady. Do, do they say that girl died on that road or that bridge that that's there's why no, she haunted? There's no lore around it at all. It just happened to them, and that's oh, okay. all they know about it. Yeah. Damn, dude. And that's what, North Carolina? Yeah, North Carolina, yeah. I'm not going to be far from North Carolina, man. I'm, I'm actually in the Knoxville area. Smoky Mountains, man. I'm excited. Oh, it's beautiful. Country, oh, you're going yeah. Knoxville? Yeah, yeah, I'm going Knoxville. Yeah, like, you're not I, going I, Nashville. Yeah, Knoxville. I, I I wanted to be near the Smoky Mountains, man. Listen, I. That's I, what they say, dude. Knoxville's where it's at, man. That's a, when the shit's the fan. There's a lot going on in those mountains, too, for you. I I cannot wait. I'm gonna be four miles away from the Smoky, Smoky Mountains, and like uh, the the media company I'm building. Like I, I'm telling you, it's. You guys will just Google me in about five years. You'll you'll see it all. I'm yeah, telling dude, you. We're gonna That's be great, cheering man. you on, bro. That's Super awesome. excited about that, man. Super so you're driving down, you got your guns, you're ready, you're listening to Tim yeah. Pool, and you're like fucking portals and shit. Uh you're driving down. 
So you meet everybody in Kentucky. Is that what happened next? Yeah. So I get to Kentucky and when I, when I was planning this, so Kyle told me, he's like, if you're going to do this, bring an army. So like, I'm calling everybody. I'm like, yo, you got guns. Yeah. Bet. Let's go. You know, like I was just like, let's do this, but I need like everybody, you know? So I'm pulling people from all these different States and stuff. And then, you know, of course, as we get closer to date, the guys are like, yo, I, I can't make it, you know, this, that, and the other. <laughs> and I got to, I got to the point where I was like, yo, I can't be going in the woods by myself, man. Like, this is not good. Uh, and I've talked about it. I talked about it so much last year on my show is that like, everybody's waiting for this. They're like, oh, Tony's going to go and hunt the dog, man. And so I called my friend, Joel. He, Joel has a, a music group called Van Tesla. And I didn't know if he would be, if he would be interested in this like he does like conspiracy type sounding music like he talks about the deep state in his music and stuff and i just didn't know if he would be game to hunt a monster in the woods and so i called him up and like hey man listen i don't know if this is your thing but i'm in a jam and he's like i'm there i'm like oh okay let's do this so i have joel coming with his guns i have ward i have christian the camera guys and me that's it and i'm just like well, I guess it's better than nothing. And so we get to, to, uh, to Kentucky and I got to tell people when, like when you hear about like a national forest or something, uh, for me, at least I don't picture what I experienced in Kentucky. When I drove into Kentucky, it was my first time being in Kentucky. I saw a sign that said, welcome to the Daniel Boone national forest. I'm like, cool. I'm almost there. You know, like that's where we're going. I had over an hour to drive to the location that I was just staying at because I got some, ca- a, ca- a cabin. And, um, and so I was like, this place is huge and it's thick. It's vast. And like, I could see how things could hide in here. I get to the cabin and we all kind of meet each other for the first time, except for me and Joel, me and Joel have worked together before. And, um, we go out and we meet Kyle. Now, what I didn't say before that I'll, I'll say now, cause I just forgot, uh, is Kyle later in life was hunting as an adult. And, uh, he actually had an experience where he saw one of these things, uh, again, just crossing a road real briefly. And, um, so we went to that location I said, all right, well, show me, show me that location. Cause it was easy to get to. It's our first night there. And, um, we go down in the woods and he wanted to kind of take us down in the woods and circle back up to the road. Kind of like how, when he came out on the road and he had saw this thing, uh, and when we're, we're down in there, I, I, I might mess up the order of this, but I, I think what happened was we're going down through the woods and we hear something kind of crash through the woods and a tree comes falling down. And I'm just like, yo, like, what, what was that? You know? Like, like I was just like, I was like, okay, it's happening already. Okay. And, um, you know, it could have been a tree falling down or whatever, but something went through the woods and then the tree came down and, um, we keep hiking And then now Kyle's a tracker, like in this area and stuff, people will call him and say, Hey, you know, I need you to come and track whatever it is. And uh, he's really good with that stuff. So he's walking and he stops and he starts pulling these leaves aside. And he's like, that's a print right there. And we look down and I'm like, I'm having a hard time seeing him. Like, what are you talking about? You know? And he starts like pointing it out and drawing it out. There was, uh, there was a print that you could either say was canine or cat. Okay. It was one of those two. And it was so big that my hand could fit inside of it. And the, like, I wasn't sure because like, so Kyle's like, you know, because he's showing it first and he's putting his hand in there and he's like, but I have small hands. And, uh, 
And so like I put my hand down in it and I could feel the prints of the toe pads and my fingers were fitting inside the toe pads. I'm like, holy crap, like this is not a coyote. And, you know, just like here in Pennsylvania, it's like this in Kentucky too. The the government says there are no mountain lion, but there are mountain lion. They just don't want to admit it for whatever reason. And um, if this was a mountain lion, it would have to be absolutely huge. Uh, in the Pacific Northwest, mountain lion get to be about like 250. Like I think they max out around there. That's what I've been told. Like this thing would have had to be at least 250, at least. And in Kentucky, that's very inconceivable. Like it's just not really a possibility. Unbelievable. I know. So like, um, so we, we found that print and I was stunned by it and we, and we made it into the documentary, obviously. Uh, and that just kind of set off the, this trip of, cause I went, I went down there with zero expectations. My thing was I'm going to go down here and I'm going to film for a week in the Daniel Boone national forest where this creature supposedly was seen and, and, and exists and just see what happens, you know? And for the very first day, within the first like hour or two of being in the woods, we come across this gigantic print. I was like, Oh my God, like, all right, let's see what else the week has for us. And so the next day we go out in the woods and we're, we're, uh, we're hiking into this location. So what happened is Kyle told me the first week of October, I needed to be there if I was going to do this because where this happened you need to go through this access gate to get back into the woods. And he said, that's closed. And it doesn't open till the first week of October. He said, after the first week of October, you don't want to be back there because the hunters are back there. And so you just get down there first week of October. So we go to the gate and we find out the gate isn't open. He hadn't been back there since he was 15. I guess the rules changed or whatever. I don't know. But like that entire week that we were there, that gate was locked, which presented a problem because this location that he had this experience at was six miles back into the woods, just on the road to then hike into the woods off trail to where this happened. And so we wanted to drive my truck back there so that if something did happen, we could have a quick escape. Now that the gates closed, we got to hike into the location. Oh my God. Six miles. Yeah. So that's how I lost all my weight, by the way. But uh, so like we, Kyle's not a big fan of this. So Kyle told me, he said, first of all, going down, I knew this. He said, I'm not going to be out there at night. I'll show you where it happened during the day, but I am not going to be out there at night. And so I knew that because this gate was closed, I was going to be cutting it short on daylight hours to get back there for him to show us, to get him back out, to go back in at night. And so we go hiking in during the day and we're about two and a half, three miles in and it's could the road kind of forks and the one side, if you go to the right, it's really overgrown. Like the whole thing's overgrown, but the, the right side is like trees growing up in the road kind of thing. And he said, I want to go back in here first because I think there's a water tank back there that I believe if it's back there, it might be a good spot to put up a camera because he figured that the government put in these water tanks so that, the wildlife can drink out of the tanks and not go to the main lake where they can get, you know, hunted out by the, the hunters so easily. And so we hike back that side, I'd say about a mile to two miles. And we get to this point where the road really makes a hard 180 degree turn. And he believed that the, the water tank was up this hillside. Now, when we went into the woods, now there's four of my team plus Kyle. The number one rule we had was we don't split up. Like whatever happens, we don't split up. There's no cell phone reception. There's the, like, we all want to get home to our wives. 
So we get back to this location. I broke the, I broke the rule. I, I didn't even think about it. It happened. I broke the rule. Me and Kyle walk off trail up this hillside and I leave three other guys on the trail waiting for us. And we're about 20, 30, 40 feet up this hill. And all of a sudden I hear my team get back down here, get back down here. I'm like, I'm about, I'm about to lose. I'm like, Holy, my, my, my heart drops into my stomach and I'm kind of rushing down the hill. Kyle's behind me. Now Kyle's the guy who went through this. Okay. He won't go in the woods at night. And now something's happening during the day. We get back down to the trail. I go over to the team and they start telling me what happened. Uh, I look over at Kyle and as he's hearing about what happened, he starts having like PTSD. Like he starts like you could see in his face, his face melted. He walks away. He sits down on the trail. He puts his head between his legs and I'll come back to what happened. But later after uh, I found out what was happening, we, we kind of handled some things. Um, I went over to Kyle to see how he's doing. And I, like, this is not, this is, this is like, Kyle's a man's man kind of guy. He's a Kentucky dude. He had tears going down his face when I, when I talked to him, like he was reliving what he went through as a 15 year old and he was scared to death. And so, and again, this is just daylight. So we, I approached my team and I'm like, what's going on? And what happened was Joel was taking the lead the entire time we were down there. When we're hiking, Joel was taking the lead. He had a shotgun. I had my sidearm. I had Kyle here with me. I had Christian and I had um, Ward bringing up the, the back end. We all had guns, uh, multiple guns. Joel is heading up the front and he's coming around this turn as I'm going up the hill, just kind of wandering. And he said, all of a sudden he saw a tree, like a, a full grown tree that you couldn't put your arm around the tree shaking back and forth. Like something was just violently shaking it. He turns and looks behind him to Christian who's there and Christian didn't see it. He heard it. And so Christian turns his head and looks and then Joel looks back and again, it happens. So now both the guys see it and it's this tree just shaking back and forth like a full grown tree violent. I'm not talking about branches slowly moving or just branches. I'm talking the, the entire full grown Daniel Boone National Forest tree shaking violently back and forth. Nothing else around it. Just the, the, the I guess the brush and stuff around it was shaking, but the tree and only the tree was shaking back and forth. Like something was grabbing it and just shaking it back and forth. And they said they didn't see anything other than that. And they didn't know if it ran off, if something ran off or what, but um, we broke the rule again after this. And I said, they, Joel and Christian who saw this wanted to go down the trail circle around the hill because the road kind of circled around the hill and they wanted to push this thing back towards us. And so I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. Like, let's what? go do it. I thought you wanted to go back home to your wife. Yeah, I know. You're like, well, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. So, a giant killer thing my way. <laughs> are you guys so, walking around like, are you guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator? Just walk around with your guns out slowly, <laughs> like doing hand signals, like move around. Are you guys like freaking out and shit? No, not, not at this point. Not oh. at this point. Uh, it, it's daytime. I didn't see what happened. Uh, gun safety was a big thing. Ward is a, is a safety instructor. So like he, he coached us and all that. Like we, we were very safe with the guns, but I'll tell you, uh, in sober minded thinking going into it, you have a game plan, but when you're there, I, I don't know what else to tell you other than I don't think many of us thought a whole lot about our wives back home in that moment. We're like, 
this is like an opportunity of a lifetime. It's like a kid in a candy shop. We're just like, we got to try. And so like, um, I think we'll always go into it with that game plan of not splitting up, but, um, I don't know if we're going to actually follow that since we, (laughs) since we weren't able to do it the first time, but anyways, so, so, uh, Christian and Joel go off on their own to circle around the hill and bring, bring this thing back. So you break your own rule again with breaking up. So like, so it wasn't really a rule, but it was more of a suggestion that nobody followed. <laughs> exactly. It was I an idea. Break us up. And you're like, what, dude? Damn, bro. You're brave, dude. You're brave. So so they, they go off and they're gone for like 30, 25, 30 minutes. And it just hits me that now when they went off, that's when I went over to Kyle to see how he's doing and stuff. That's when I saw he was crying and how how bad it was affecting him. So they go off and they're gone for 25, 30 minutes and it hits me. I'm like, Oh crap. I didn't even give him a two way radio. So, Oh my God, bro. <laughs> if something happens, the only way I'm going to know is if I hear a gunshot and then I got to figure out where they're at. And so, you know, obviously, you know, our first time working together, we had to work out some, some kinks, right? Um, and sorry, but, maybe uh, I missed it. Who's got the cameras here? So the, so Christian has a camera and he went off with Joel and then Ward had a camera, but he put his camera down now because now he's, he's going pants. Like, <laughs> he's going Rambo, man. Like he's going, he like, so the guys are going around this big hill to circle, try pushing this thing back. Ward is going up the hillside, circling in on where this activity happened. I'm hanging out on the path with Kyle. And while the guys are doing their thing, Kyle is coming down, relaxing. We're looking around. And uh, he's like, do you see that? I'm like, no, what? And he's like, look over there. Do you see that? And he's pointing in the direction where this tree was violently shaking. And uh, again, I don't see anything. What are you talking about? He said, there's eye shine. And I'm like, eye shine? It's broad daylight, a beautiful sunny day. What are you talking about eye shine? And I'm looking, I can't see it. And then after a few minutes of looking, I finally see what he's talking about. In this tree area was just, and I don't, I don't personally think it was eye shine. He still calls it eye shine, but... I don't know what it was, but it wasn't eye shine to me. It was one light, not two, but it was, it was like somebody was in a tree with like one of those small led flashlights, flicking it on and on, uh, on and off. And it would go on and off and be flashing. And then it would just stop. And then it would come back and do it again. And I'm like, what the heck is that? So I go over and I, I go into the trees and I literally go up to this location where we're seeing this and I'm looking in the tree. I'm looking around. He's seeing the light, but I, I don't see anything like I, when I'm there, I don't see it. I don't know what it was. I have no idea other than the fact that there's people that do talk about seeing these weird lights in the woods. I've seen the lights before years ago. I mean, probably like six, seven years ago, I was hiking through the salt fork national, uh, the salt fork state forest in Ohio. And it was like one o'clock in the morning. And I saw this bright, and I was with three other guys. I saw this bright light on a hillside inside the canopies pulsating on and off until it just went away. So it wasn't my first time seeing like that, but during the daylight was, was kind of weird. And I really expected to go over and see maybe like some trash in the tree or something, but there was no trash and we're so far into the woods. It's not like there's a whole lot of trash to begin with. And so that was a weird thing that happened in that location. And I'll tell you, uh, when we got home from this whole trip, uh, Ward had found a video online that he sent to us asking Christian and Joel if this is what we saw or what they saw. And uh, Christian, like he said that, like 
he, when he saw that video, it like brought it all back to me. This is exactly what he saw. And in the video, that's how I can accurately describe what they saw. Because in this video, this tree is just like, like going sideways back and forth, shaking like crazy. And, um, so like that, that, that whole thing happened. And in the moment you're like, what's going on here? Like clearly there's something yeah. happening. Uh, yeah. like you wonder, is there a reason that like you, you look for logical explanations uh, and a lot of times people, when I talk about this, they, they suggest, well, was there anybody logging back there? I can confidently tell you that there was absolutely nobody there for miles. Uh, and, and especially right there. Cause like Joel and Christian were probably no, le- no more than 50 feet or no less, no less than 50 feet away from this thing within a 50 foot range is what I'm trying to say. Uh, like they were right there. I was right there. I went to the tree. I was standing next to the tree that was shaking violently. There was nobody logging. There was nobody there. And so there's no explanation for what, the, what we experienced. But that kind of launched us into our investigations at night. Where oh, we went my into the, God. You but, go into the forest at night, dude? Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Johnny, would you do it? No. Fuck no. <laughs> But quick question. So you thought the thing shaking the tree was a dog, man? Something. You don't know? It's because B- Bigfoot's been known to shake trees to scare you away or let you know he'll shake them up, yeah. supposedly. And you think it could have been a Bigfoot or no Bigfoot sightings around there? No, there's tons of Bigfoot sightings. And I do think that's an option to, to, to go into. So like, what, what's cool about what we're doing is we go in with no expectation of experience. We just go in to go, we go to area. We're planning on doing areas that are known for activity. We're just going to see what happens. We're not trying to man, like manifest anything, make things happen or make things more than what they are. We just there for the experience. Um, so we weren't necessarily, we were going for the Dogman storyline. It was a great storyline to go for, uh, but we weren't, we weren't opposed to seeing a Bigfoot or whatever else, you know, some witch huddle in the woods where they're doing rituals or something. I don't care. Like anything's good for video. Right. Uh, so I, um, I do think that the idea of Bigfoot is a possibility, especially what I saw the last day there. Um, but, uh, yeah, we went into the woods. So let me tell you this though, real quick, because the gate was closed, the hike was so long by the time we got back to the place where his grandfather parked the truck, where he could hike into the woods, we had to, we had to get out of there so we could get to our vehicles in time before sunset. I never the entire week got to the actual location where this fight or this, this interaction happened from, from my show. We are going to be going back to do this again, because there is a cabin that we can rent on the other side of the forest. That's closer to the location. So I'm going to rent that out at some point, And then I'll be able to hike in from that side a lot easier. Um, but anyway, so what we did do, since we knew that we weren't going to be able to find that original location anyways, we decided to go at night to where the activity happened. And, um, you guys are so, crazy. You're crazy. A, a little bit. A little bit. Like, I'm a little mentally held back. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, it's just, it's one of those things. I, I, I can't help it. Like, I just, I like doing this stuff. I like yeah, doing it before respect, I was podcasting. I would, go, I would go in the woods by myself all the time. So um, we... I went down there because of the story and how this dog man, Kyle believed the dog man was brought in because of the coyotes. I went down there with coyote urine. I went Whoa. down there with, with a predator call that sounded like a, a dying coyote. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull this thing out, you know? And, uh, we go in there at night and we're hanging stakes from trees, Whoa. like all of it. Uh, is there bears yeah, there? We, huh? Is there bears in Kentucky? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they're I all mean, it's forest, dude. Yeah. You guys are asking for trouble. You're supposed to, like, when you go camping, they ask you personally, put your fucking food away because the bears you, will did come you bring out a woman? Did you bring a woman menstruating, too? Because that seems to bring the animals out as well. It, it, we might try that next time, you know? Anybody <laughs> so. here bleeding? Come hang out. <laughs> try and get a dog, the local man. Walmart. So, uh, I, uh, we go out there at night with the night vision and stuff. And, uh, again, the guys experienced a very similar thing. Only this time it was Joel and Ward, uh, because me and Christian were on a hillside, uh, filming with the night vision while they were baiting everything and, uh, things happened that night. Uh, but, um, I'll tell you what I saw the last day, which I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what I saw. Uh, it was broad daylight. It was very fast and again gives this idea of metaphysical. I we we went back to the location where all this activity happened. It was our last day. Ward had already left. Uh we weren't really planning on doing anything other than retrieving all our, our trail cams. And um, you know, Christian's there with his camera if we need it or anything. And Christian and Joel were off on the trail where they saw that activity initially. And I'm probably about 40, 50 feet away, getting ready to climb a tree a little bit to unhook a camera. And the way it was positioned is my back, once I'm doing this, is going to be towards the forest. And so I just wanted to do a quick scan to make sure that everything's good, you know, behind me. And so I do this quick scan. I go from my left to my right. And as I'm coming back towards the tree on my right side, it's one of those things where I'm turning my head and you see something real quick. And I jerked my head back and I didn't see it now. But what I saw in this split second, the only way I can describe it is it was like a light ashy gray. And it was, it was very big. Cause there was a, there was a tree that had fallen down on this hill and the tree was still kind of like alive. So the branches were perky and whatever this thing was, was so big that I could see it's like head and top of shoulders above the tree and it was walking up the hillside in the direction where we had all that activity. And, um, I called the guys over and, you know, I didn't see it again. I wasn't going to go look at it, but Joel's crazy. And so he went, he went back there and, uh, looked around to see what he could find. And he found like some, I think, I think this was the, 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 the point where Joel saw like, like these weird tree structures, like these, these branches and stuff structured, like almost like in a TP or something. <laughs> which is Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot, yep. So uh, I don't know if I saw a Bigfoot. I don't know if what I saw. I don't know if I saw a dog man. I do know that I I think I saw something. Was there a small after? Did you look for any footprints? Yeah, yeah. Well, Joel did. I, I didn't go back there. I, I saw how big that thing was. I was like, eh. You know, <laughs> did Joel you get a smell? Because they say they stink like... You get no smell? Yeah. Did you get like yeah, no, a whiff or something? I, I didn't... I didn't smell anything. I didn't smell anything. Uh, but you know, you're right. I mean, they do talk about the smell and stuff with Bigfoot. Uh, but I, I think that's probably, I would imagine that's with a lot of these things. I mean, if they're physical creatures, I mean, you would think they would stink. Like really I think bad. a bear stinks in general. <laughs> I think a bear would fucking stink. My dog stinks after a couple, like two, three weeks of no, not taking them to Petco. They fucking stink. Yeah. People yeah. stink yeah. after like two days of not showering. Yeah. Can't yeah. imagine what happens when people oh, are flying. Oh, just through. go to, just go to Skid Road. You'll get the whole whiff. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if there is something about 
modern day camera equipment that doesn't allow you to easily see these things. Like, because they're on a different dimension of frequency that yeah. our modern day equipment doesn't catch them as much as easily, you know, I, and just like, see like, again, it has to be like either electro like, you know, we had a gentleman on who was talking about how like the, you know, these indigenous elders say they can't teleport anymore because of the energy and electricity and all that in the air done purposely to stop people from, you know, going to different dimensions and stuff like that. I wonder if that affects the electricity affects the ability to see these things as easily as somebody who doesn't have so, any of that stuff around them. So you would say there's more portals out in the forest than in LA? Well, yeah, that I 100% believe that. You don't think there's a portal? The there has to be a portal in LA though. Like But why does all like the 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 kidnapping and and butt play come from the come from the in the wild or in the hicks and the, or in the farms and all that stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, it just seems like here, it, here is like, the there's a lot of butt play around here. I got to say, yeah, but different West Hollywood. Play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for a butt play, not like interdimensional butt play, which is like just kind of super crazy. Right. But out there, there's a less electricity, you know, isn't Kentucky known to have like geomagnetic things going around there? Yeah, Kentucky is known for a lot of strange things, man. Yeah, like for a lot. Sure. For sure. What was that? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Like, I, yeah, I did for say sure. Wrong. I, 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 there, there's so much mysterious things with Kentucky. Like Dogman is just scratching the surface. Um, the, the, like, so you want to go down like the occult angle, like. It's very popular in Kentucky. Uh, and so there, there's that side of things where, you know, are you encountering something that is more ritualistic than it is actual beast when it comes to dog, man? Um, my, my cameraman Ward uh, kind of did a deep dive on that angle of things where he talked to me about how uh, he was, he was reading about these rituals that people do where they'll actually take like a wolf skin, put it over themselves and, do a ritual trying to transform themselves into uh, a, a werewolf. And um, he believes that he, like, so we all kind of came in with our own perspectives. No. You're not believing that? Immortal words of my daughter. No, 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 no. I wouldn't, you're, you're dancing with the darkness dog by doing that shit. Putting that stuff yeah. on you, trying to become no, uh, no, 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 no. Is that Ouija board? Is that like up there with All the Ouija that board? Stuff, dude, I ain't dancing with any of that shit. That's some crazy stuff. But go on. You were talking about. Uh, do you remember what you were talking about? I'm sorry, yeah. you freaked so, me out. So he, so he thinks that um, he that that there's there's a possibility that what Kyle experienced. It's just a theory, but he believes that there's a possibility that um, maybe people are encountering um, somebody doing this ritual and they almost they're the person receiving this image of somebody doing this is like almost coming underneath a spell. And what they're perceiving is this beast of a, of a creature, but in reality it's a person wearing a wolf skin. Um, and so I, I thought it was a very interesting theory. Now it doesn't line up with certain things. Like uh, when you look at the damage done to Kyle's dog, it, 
that that doesn't match. I mean, it really like what what does what destroyed his dog that night? I mean, had claws to shred its ears like noodles. So this this was something in my in my mind very physical and very real. Uh, and so it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of angles to to go down when when it comes to this kind of stuff. And the paranormal uh, or, or the portal idea that the interdimensionalism is something that the more I look into things, the more real it becomes. Like, like if you were to ask me, do you believe there's other dimensions that things exist in and they come through? Yes, absolutely. 100%. And I think that we as humans uh, do have the ability to access those dimensions. I just don't know if we have the ability to do it on the frequent basis, on the frequent basis as whatever is on the other side coming through this way. Um, it, it's, and that kind of actually leads into the other story that I was talking about anyways. It's, it's just crazy. It, yeah. Like, I, I think it's super interesting, man. You know, I really want to go, I want to hear about the story, but I really, really, really want to, um, go with you on something. I am interested I for you. Look here. Here's it. one. Do this one. The Kelly Hobsonsville encounter, the goblins. Have you heard of those? Yeah. Me and my buddy Matt. My buddy Matt is a big fan of yours, so I'm like, dude, me, you, we'll get the whole crew. And we'll just go. Go find these. Get some weird shit, man. Go They'll find. Look some... right up your alley. What are oh, those? Oh yeah, the Hopkinsville goblins. goblins. Little goblins in in Kentucky, no, Christian no. County. Oh really? Really? See, I think Sam, you go out there and, and then my the pants. first time that something got a little squirrely. You would be like, "Fuck this! I got daughters, I got money, I'm out." <laughs> I got. You Bitcoin. think I'd run? Yeah, hell He's yeah! Calling you Johnny, pussy. You, wait a minute. Well, hold on, buddy. Hold on. You wouldn't run? Yeah, fuck yeah, I'd run. Okay, of All course right. I would. If you're running, then I'm not afraid of that either, dude. So you're waiting till Johnny runs, then you'll. Yeah, run. I'll be like Johnny, start running. <laughs> dude, I mean, you you literally admitted earlier in the episode that your defense mechanism is shitting yourself. Yeah, when it you is. Get but I will fight shitting myself. Yes. But what, I'm not afraid what? of some little fucking, some little. F- yeah, freaking... you haven't seen their teeth. Oh, Man. those things. Yeah, just some, they got like these pointy. Like... They got big old teeth, bro. Yeah, I guess I get weirded out, bro. But he I'll likes go... big teeth. I do like big teeth, though. John. We talked about that. Not pointy teeth, though. Yeah, that's true. I don't like cheese graters, bro. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I'm super interested. My buddy Matt what. Um, wants to go. Everyone wants me to go to Skimwalker Ranch. Do it. Uh, well, your opportunity is here if you want to go, because that's what we're doing next for the documentaries. Well, when are you doing it? Uh, we're looking at the beginning uh, the beginning to mid-June. We're going to be going. Uh, uh, I got to look at my schedule. Skinwalker. I'm not against it. Skinwalker is the one that's like, like, that feels legit dangerous to me, Skinwalker. Skinwalker? Yeah. We'll maybe see if Isaac Wysip wants to go, because he's been talking about it. Heck yeah. We'll just get the, 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 the fucking A team of podcasting, go out there. We bring in guns, right? Just sit in a Yeah. Okay. I mean I can't bring a gun. I gotta drive. Oh. Someone hand me a gun. Yeah, we just need guns there. Yeah, yeah, somebody have guns there. So um the way the way it's working out for this at least, I mean, we're open to going back to places. Uh actually you had him on your show, Ryan Burns. Uh, he owns the property that butts up against Skinwalker Ranch. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, he's he got to buy us out, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he, us out. Yeah, 
he bought that property to research the phenomenon. And he, he, he actually told his property manager under explicit instruction, if you see something on my property, do not shoot it. Like he, he wants this thing to be like a safe haven, the property be like a safe haven for all this activity that's happening. And so like he, he wants to bring us out to this, his location to do all this research. And um, so we're kind of playing with this idea of we're going to, we're going to, we'll go out to Skinwalker ranch and then like, we'll have like this whole trailer where it's like us approaching the gates of Skinwalker ranch. And then it's just like, well, what happens next door? And then that's where we go for the documentary. And we just kind of spend our, our week out there doing everything. He has a lot of stuff going on the property. And uh, I'm just, I'm really excited about doing it because that whole area is just so mysterious. And uh, listen, I, I just, I just want to have like fun hunting monsters and see what happens. So if you're down, I'm down. Let's do it. Gotta get me to dates. I gotta make sure I'm available. I, I, you know, because I mean, we, you have kids too. I have kids. Yeah. Mine are super young, but I gotta figure out. But I'm not against it, dude. Yeah. I said, yeah. get Matt. We go out there. I walk around in karate stance the whole time. <laughs> How do you works, think Krav Maga would do against Dog Man? <laughs> How no, advanced not are well. you? Yeah. Not well. No. <laughs> no. Not well. Well, I, I have a question about Dogman. I say real well. That way he goes first, Johnny. The man Let part. Him think, let him think it's going to work, and then we can run. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the man part of that is mostly about it being bipedal, right? That's why it's called Dogman. It's not, it's not intelligence or anything, right? I, I don't... Uh, I mean, these things are pretty intelligent, I think. But uh, what I mean is it, there's not... Uh, I'm not... And the sentience is not the right word, but there, there's not... Uh, you, you, nobody's gotten the sense that there's anything like uh, even close to human uh, there, right? I, no, unless you want to go down the idea of Dogman being yeah, a werewolf, right? You yeah, know, yeah. but like, I mean, there, there. I what I before I even go to the point of werewolf, I'm all, I'm thinking natural creature first, yeah. But I'm also yeah. thinking interdimensional, uh, which is its own b- being from another realm, right. Right. and so. Yeah, I think the the idea of dog man is just like the upright walking, okay. um, because like back in the day in Kentucky, I mean, there's just like with Bigfoot, there's regional names for things. I mean, with dog, dog man, it's the same thing in Kentucky. The Slewfoot, like I mentioned earlier and stuff. I mean, his grandfather. So when he was a kid, he was laying in his grandfather's house, sleeping over, laying next to a window. And in the middle of the night, his grandfather came and picked him up and put him in the middle of the room. The next day, he asked his grandfather, why'd you pick me up and put me in the middle of the room? He said, so Slewfoot wouldn't reach in and grab you. Huh. And so, like, like this is something that they, they, they talk about, they understand exists out there. Uh, it's a, an actual possibility that things could happen. And uh, he, did, he, just, he was like, why is a bear going to reach in and grab me? Until he, you know, years later, realized that Slewfoot originally was uh, an upright walking dog. So wild. So uh, I, then I want to hear your, your your story real quick, but I just wanted you guys to know that I so there's this dog park in in um the Hollywood Hills that I always bring my dog to, and then this is like this really opened my mind listening to you right now. So I was uh, I had my dogs running around in the dog park, and I had to go grab something from my car. So I crossed the street from the side of the dog park to the other side of the street. And so so it basically goes Hollywood Hills, where you see like the Hollywood sign, goes down. Then there's like some road that goes like kind of spindly around Hollywood Lake, right? 
Then there's like a, a flat land that is the park. And, you know, everyone's turned into a dog park. Okay. And then there's kind of like housing, but there's like this weird kind of like, like hill that goes down to what looks like it would be like a something that for flooding, right? Like where water would flood down there. And it's like this little like, I don't know what, how to call it. Um, a dip. Dip. But there's like, there's like cement where water will shoot down. And then it goes into housing. So I am standing there. And it, it's a big dip, dude. It's like a big dip. So this is hand to God, bro. So I, I go to my car. I unlock my car. I shut my car. And just something catches my eye. And from here, and I look out into the dip. And it's big enough in the dip for me to see the top of it. And I'm like, I'm like, this thing has to be fucking huge. And I just start screaming, coyote, giant coyote. But now I've seen so many coyotes, dude. This is no way it was coyote size. It would literally have to be, I'm not lying to you, 10 times the size of a coyote. It, it was a like mountain lion. It was no, but it had like a weird back. It did have a mountain lion back. How much of it did you see? I saw the top fringe of it. Super creepy, bro. But now I'm thinking about like, oh, this thing of getting your camera out. Didn't have time. No, it didn't have no, time because no, it just. Quick. And then I was so scared for people's dogs because this yeah. thing. Did you have Roger with you? Because usually you got Roger with I you. I think this is before I had Roger. Couldn't have been a dog that was like up on the hill, kind of. Like but it climbing. was so big, Johnny. It was yeah. down there, like bigger than this stupid. I mean, it's possible, but so big, dude. It was huge. Like bigger than that cat, than the Hollywood well, cat. Uh, he's saying ten times shit. the size of a coyote, which at uh, ten times the size of a coyote is like a horse. Not like it's not horse, but it was smaller than horse, but it's bigger. I would say it was bigger than that. Well, I mean, the the. the known, I'll go tomorrow and look at it and think, see how far a bear I mean, is the only thing in that category in that, that's a known like animal. A right? tiny bear, yeah. it looked like a tiny bear, but it had this like weird hair spikes on the back. It's like a hyena. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yep. 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 Crazy. All right. So, so let's I mean, with, with that, though, I mean, people would say, how is that even possible, you know, where you're at with, with it being undetected? Well, I mean, that, that like we were talking about, like, the idea of the interdimensionalism aspect of things. It's very interesting. It was super creepy. And today I just think about how big it was because I've been seeing a lot of coyotes lately. And it was like very weird. I had a weird rea uh, interaction with a coyote lately one time. I forget who I was talking to, but I was I was having a was he Mexican? No, I forget <laughs> who. It was. Oh, it was my friend Dave, and I was having an interaction because I just had a you know uh, you know me and my baby's mama were 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 getting along and things are going well. But this was way back in the day, and we were just having friction at the time. And uh, I was just talking to him, and I'm just, and then I, and it's at the bottom of this parking, multi-tiered parking area, and I, I, I just like, and I look up, and there is a coyote. Where you live? Is that what you're talking about? Ten feet. I don't want to say where I live, but but, but where, yeah. that's where you're talking about. Okay. Ten. I'd say ten feet away from me, just staring at me. 
They don't give a fuck in a city, dude. And I was just staring at it. And I'm and both of us were like, is today the day we find out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck, dude. This coyote's like sizing me up right now, Dave. He goes, Well, I go, it's a coyote. It's staring at me. It is not a dog. It is a coyote. And he just stared at me and I stared at it. And we both agreed another day. And it just <laughs> ran off. And I was like, oh, the thank same thing God. happened. I do. I was walking out of my gate one time, and you know where I live, in the middle of the city. And on the sidewalk, you know, seven feet in front of me was a coyote and he just came trotting by. He looked at me and then I was like Homer Simpson. I just backed out, back, closed the gate behind <laughs> me, you know, just backed into the bushes and then he just kept trotting on. They couldn't give a shit. I mean, just huge coyote. Yeah. They don't yeah. care. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is their yeah. city. Yeah. 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 It's just crazy. All right. So let's hear about this story because I know we we're going to get into it, but I wanted to tell you how like super proud of like everything that you're doing, how proud I am of that. So I, I kind of got you off track. So you're, you're starting a new podcast on a story that's so remarkable. Yeah. What is this? So, story? all right. Before I do that, though, I just got to tell you one last story to round up this dogman thing okay. because it happened in my house. All right. So th this, again, gives me this idea of interdimensionalism. Uh, last week uh, or two Fridays ago, I did a VIP premiere for the documentary. So people who pay money to watch it early and leading up to that Friday, you know, in my house, we're just talking about dog, man, the top of the dog, it's everywhere. Cause that's what we're doing that week. Hey, pass and me the potatoes. Anyways, dog. <laughs> right. Right. Back to dog, man. My Hi, son honey, how's dog man doing? I don't know. He's crazy out there. Anyways, how was school kids dog, man? Right. <laughs> Listen, my son is four years old. He thinks that's normal conversation. I feel bad for the kid. Oh, <laughs> like, your kid's going to grow up to be great. Yeah. So, um, we're, we're talking about it. And then my, my friend, uh, Ward, the cameraman, he, uh, texts our, our, our group chat, a picture that his friend sent him. And it was a game trail cam of the guy's backyard. And it was this weird looking dog walking in the frame. And he said that the guy through several pictures that he had estimated that this thing was standing from ground, from the ground to the top shoulder blade, uh, 40 inches. And I, I mean, that's freaking huge. In the picture, it didn't seem that big to me. And the way it was looking, it looked like almost like a mangy coyote because it looked like it had like a mane, but there was like no hair on the back end. It was really weird looking. But that night, after I got that, it's about 11 o'clock down here in the studio. I'm working on some things. My wife's sitting here. We're talking. We go upstairs to get something to eat, and then we were going to bed. Uh, we're standing in the kitchen, and my cat is the only, it's the only pet I have is a cat. And it, that cat is sitting in the kitchen right in front of us. We can see it right there. And at the same time, my wife and I heard and felt something walking downstairs in my house. Oh my and God. This, so my house has hardwood floor downstairs, up the, the stairs and upstairs, all carpet. What we heard had to have been downstairs because it was bipedal and it, you could hear the, the nails clacking on the hardwood oh floor. Oh my God. And I, I said to my wife, I looked at her, my eyes were like the size of sauce. I'm like, did you hear that? And she goes, I felt that she, she could, we both felt like the vibrations on the floor of something walking in the house. And it lasted like five seconds. And I'm just like, okay. So I was, I was like going to come down here and finish production uh, or no, what happened is I forgot, I forgot to post something. It was, it was something real quick. And I told her, I said, just stay in the kitchen 
and wait for me to come back up. Cause I had to come down in the basement. I'm not going down the basement by myself right now, you know? Uh, but it really tripped me out and it just kind of gave me this idea of more again, the, the idea of interdimensionalism with these things. I don't know what they are, but I think there's more of a supernatural angle than what's been explored traditionally. Well, um, if you look for it and you will find, find it, that's yeah. it. If you're open-minded to it, you'll see it. If you're not, you'll never understand it ever. Well, it's one of my biggest motivations to get in my own studio space, man. I don't want to do the stuff in my house anymore. So No, I'm with you, dude. I get that. I get that totally, bro. I totally yeah. get that. All right, so let's hear this story, bro. I'm super excited. Okay, so this story, um, I don't talk about a whole lot publicly just because I'm still it's still very much developing, and I don't want to spoil too much, but I'll give you what I can. This guy, Wyatt, contacted me and the way things work with the confessionals, I mean, you contact me and you go through a scheduling process. It's not like next week you're going to be on the show. And so he contacted me earlier last year. We were supposed to do an interview in August. I had to cancel for family vacation. We canceled actually a couple of times. And then we finally sat down to do this interview uh, last late last year. And I sit down and I, I, he, the email said that he went to his friend's parents building that they owned. He had a paranormal experience. I was like, this is gonna be about a 20 minute conversation. I'll be up. I'll be up for dinner, honey. Um, I sit down with him and I just run through the notes real quick to say, okay, this is what we're talking about. Right. And he's like, yeah, that, and I have other stuff, but I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't think you'd get a hold of me then. And I said, well, what are we talking about here? And he said that basically the story he told me about in the email, there's more to it that involves his, his one, his one other friend and his brother. They don't know each other. It's a really weird thing. I'm like, okay. So he tells me this story where he had just graduated high school and him and his friends were going into the Marines. And for like one last you know thing to do him, his friend and his friend's family went to, uh, a building that they had bought. It was and they were renovating for business purposes. They were going to just spend the weekend there, hang out and have fun. So they're outside, maybe at a bonfire or whatever. And he's inside by himself. And he, he said before this, he never experienced anything paranormal in his entire life. Uh, but he's inside and he hears something literally walk right up to him and it freaked him out, but it just kind of walked away then. So he didn't say anything. He went to bed that night and they're all kind of in the same room sleeping And that night he wakes up and he looks at his friend and there's this like black shadow and like ghouly demonic entity leaning over his friend, looking like it's about to eat the life out of his friend. And he's like, what the is that? And he yells real loud. Everybody wakes up and he's like, Oh, before, before everybody wakes up and asks him what happened though, this thing real quick turns towards him, comes into his face and like hisses or growls at him and then goes out the freaking window. And so he tells them what he saw and there's like, you're weird, dude, go back to sleep. He then goes and talks to his other friend. And this is where this whole other storyline comes in. He tells his friend what he saw. His friend saw a, uh, or what he saw to his friend and his friend kind of like dabbles. All he knew is his friend kind of dabbled in this kind of stuff. He didn't really know the extent of his knowledge, but his friend's like, oh yeah, that's this, that, and the other. He knew exactly what it was called. And he's like, okay. And he's like, so this is what you do. If you ever see that again, just do this and you're not gonna have a problem. Okay. Thanks, man. Um, so he's friends with this guy. The way they got became friends was, uh, Wyatt was working at a restaurant with, with this guy's girlfriend and 
he, this guy got hired there. So all three of them are working together, become real close friends. And they're outside of, uh, let's just say Wyatt's house. I don't, I don't remember at this moment. Uh, it was like one o'clock in the morning in the driveway, smoking cigarettes. And his friend, uh, Ron sees this light in the sky, real bright light. And he's like, do you see that? And he's like, yeah. And so they're like, let's go check it out and stuff. So it's a UFO. And then it seemed, he said, it seemed like it was five, about five minute drive away. And he said they drove and they drove and they drove. He, I think he said he didn't have shoes on. They weren't planning on going anywhere. Um, and they just couldn't catch up to this light. Now they're outside of town and this, this lights, they can still see the light, but it's just, they're not catching up to it. And they pull over to this field and they get out of the, the car and he, Wyatt said that he heard something moving and growling in like this cornfield. Like it was like, he said it was like a deep guttural growl coming out of the cornfield. And so they get back in the car, they keep driving towards this light and they're about an hour outside of town now. And they stop the car again, they get out. And then all of a sudden his friend who a real lighthearted person, he knows him as just a real jovial kind of guy um, says, get back in the car now. And so total mood change gets back in the car and he starts flying back to town. And he, his friend Ron persists to tell him this story of what this thing is in the sky. And apparently this thing in the sky isn't a UFO, like a craft, but an entity that's coming for Ron. And what? so like it, it, the reason, so he, so he's like, what are you talking about? Like, like it's, this is a crazy story. They telling him, but like he said, the reason why they went out so far is because Ron is like, I got to make sure this is nothing too related to me. But at some point he realized what this thing was. And it's like time to get back. And in the car, he's, he's apologizing to why he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to involve you. And he's like, involve me in what, what are you talking about? And so he tells him the, the, this story of, well, I'll tell you in a second, but, um, so why it's not like really believing this. He's like, this is crazy, dude. You're telling me bonkers stories. So Ron gives Wyatt his phone and calls the girlfriend. And so Wyatt's on the phone and all he says to her is, is it true? And she's like, if you're asking me if it's true, it means he told you. And yes, it's true. And so like his brain is popping because of what Ron just told him is going on. Uh, I'll tell you, and again, I don't tell a story very often, so I'm sorry if I'm butchering the layout of this, but I'll tell you what, what, what Ron told him essentially. Ron, when he was a kid, let's just say 12, 13, 14 years old, a young teenager, um, learned to have, he, he had this experience where, uh, I guess he thought at first it was a dream, but it turned out it wasn't, uh, where he was walking through a tunnel system and this tunnel system opened up into this, this great big cavern. And there was an entity in there in this cavern and it was recruiting Ron to work for him. And Ron took up the challenge and he said, yeah, sure, I, I will. And it started this whole process of him working for this entity in another realm. He thought it was a dream at first. So he sold his soul. I don't believe, personally, I don't believe you could sell your soul. But yeah, he essentially sold his, his, uh, his deeds, his work. His, he, said, he said, I'm your tool. I'm your vessel. Let's do this. Oh, my God. What are you doing? <laughs> right. So here's the thing. So... It turns out it's very real. And according to Ron, and he can, the more he was involved in this, the more uh, he was able to 
uh, control where he was. And he could go to this other realm where he was working for this entity at a moment's notice and come back to this realm in a moment's notice. When he would do, there's, there's different ways of going about doing it though. There's a, the, the dream state way, but then there's also in the moment way and he can do both. So when you're doing it in the dream state, it's simple, really. I mean, I can't do it, but it's, it's, it's simple in the sense that he goes to sleep and he goes like, like he goes there and then he comes back. Uh, when you're, when you're gone, time goes faster than here. So if he's gone, uh, five years in this other place, it's only a night here, but he'll have physical, um, side effects. Like, like he'll wake up and like, he'll look different, like almost like he was gone longer. And oh my God, that's he, like an episode of Rick and Morty's. There's an episode I, on Rick yeah. and Morty's where that basically is like along. Unbelievable. So, so he, so, all right. So when he does it, when he does this, um, in a moment's notice, he can't do it through a dream state. There's another being in another realm that has to replace him. And so when he does it in a moment's notice, it's always the same entity because this entity is meant for him will come through this realm. And when it comes through this realm, his friend will physically change into physically different. So, and he's seen this happen in, 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 in person. So before I get into that part, Oh my God. When they, what? when they, when they got back that night after that whole incident with the light in the sky and he's laying it all out there, he's freaking out out of his mind. And remember his friend was saying, I'm sorry. I involved you. I sorry. I involved you. They get back They pull in the driveway they get out of the car. And as soon as his friend gets out of the car, he just takes off and runs down the street, round the corner, gone. But he, he could hear his friend and something happened where all he heard was a guttural growling, like vicious, like interaction with something. And it sounded like something was dying. And his friend comes back and he says that his friend is covered in this like black tarry substance. And so like, it sounds like his friend killed this thing, whatever it was, he doesn't know to this day. So like this night for why it was like paradigm shifting. Like he, he's like, um, I don't know what real, what real is anymore. And so he's, he's talking to his friend about this all the time. He's like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And like, he was telling him stuff, but he was kind of being reserved about it. And, um, eventually his friend, he, he tells his friend, yeah, I can tell you this part. So eventually he, he tells his friend that, you know, he wants to know more. So his friend gives him a book and he said, read this book because this book was written about me. It was written is to be supposedly fiction, but it's me. And so he reads this book and he, when I'm doing the interview with him, he, uh, we're on video and he holds the book up. He has the book in his hands when I'm talking to him. Um, and he said, he read the whole book. And it kind of laid out everything that his friend was telling him and in a lot more detail. And so I, I, I kind of store that in my, my, my thoughts. Uh, so I'll go into the, the more of the story here. So he, at one point, um, how do I say this? All right. So his friend's girlfriend that they worked together with 
was approached by an entity as well. Oh my God. To, to work for it. Her knowing what his friend or her boyfriend is going through and went through, she said no. However, Wyatt's brother, he's not very close with his brother at this time in their lives. They're not very close. Um, who And his brother does not know any of his friends. Had a dream one night where he was going through caverns and he was approached by an entity to work for him. And so his brother says yes. And this entity that his brother decided or not decided to work for, but, but said that he'd work for goes by a very common name as in Bale or ball. Oh my God. And you, I know you've heard it. A lot of people have heard this, this entity, right? So his brother goes through this process as well. And he's tell his brother at times will mention like, I had this really crazy dream, but it started getting more serious when his brother had a dream about kicking in a wall, pulling a book out of that wall. And when his brother wakes up, the books in his room and he has no idea how it got there. And so it gets, it gets kind of like on the real side, long story short, his brother uh, winds up cutting off from ball thought he did it the best way he could or the proper way or whatever it is. I don't know how you stop working for gods and other realms, but um, do you got to give two week notice. I know. Right. Like, like, how do you, like, what's the proper way of saying, I don't want to work for you hey, anymore. You know, uh, like, got a new job. Can't decide to move on. Just really appreciative of all the work. And, you know, just, Hey man, we're still cool. Just, you know, just trying to do something different with my life. <laughs> like, like I know I told you I I, I commit my soul to you, but I'm, I I need that back now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I, here's two week notice. Got my soul back. Listen, yeah. if you're, I'll sign an NDA. Whatever you yeah, need, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, his brother had a what he thought was a dream one night, and he wakes up screaming and and why runs upstairs? What's wrong? I just had a bad dream about these creatures that came and they were attacking me and, and scratching me all up. And his brother turns around and there's these claw marks all over his back. And so he kind of freaks out. He calls his buddy Ron up and says, I need your help. Ron comes over to the house and this is like early morning, two, three o'clock in the morning, pulls up in the driveway. It's cold outside. And Ron gets out of the car, looks at him and says, you know, it's about to get really weird for you. And I just need you to stay calm. And he's like, okay. And he said at that moment, Ron grew like seven, eight inches uh-huh. and became physically different. And what happened is that whole transformation where he, Ron went somewhere else and the other entity had to come here and replace him. And so while Ron's going, doing whatever he's doing, he's standing in his driveway with some kind of demon thing from another realm. Oh my and so God. He's, he's like, it looked like Ron, but not really. It was like, it was like, like something sh- shady. It was like, rock. A, it was like men in black. Remember the Egger suit? Yeah. yeah. Wait. So, so, so with this entity, right? Is he just going about his day and then all of a sudden and he sucked up into Ron and so then what he, they, they <laughs> just sit there and <laughs> work together. In? So they, they, they work together. So the, this entity in this other realm, sole purpose is to work for, uh, this, this, and, this <laughs> bigger picture cause. So when Ron goes to this other realm, he's actually involved in this, this other realms, like war that's going on. And so they, like, it, it's, a, it's like this, this inner 
interdimensional Damn. purpose that I have switched. so many questions, but I'll leave them for the end when you're done with the story. Okay. I don't want to so interrupt it anymore. I, I, yeah. And I, you might have questions that I have still. Um, so they go inside because it's freezing outside. He said that, that when they went inside, he, his room was in like the basement. So the lower ceilings, he said, that's when he really could see how much difference there was because this thing had a duck to come into his room, sits down and just kind of like stares. And so he'll ask a question or something and it'll just be like, uh, Ron will be back soon and not talking, you know? Um, so it's like, uh, from the movie monster Inc. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Just hanging out with monsters. You're like, just hanging out with monsters from the closet. Yeah. Is it menacing? I mean, is it, it, does it seem dangerous to them? I think, I think it is with more information that I've gathered now, but in that moment it wasn't. Do you think he just Uh, scrolls on TikTok all day? Like, <laughs> I wonder if he set up like a Tinder account here and yeah. you know in this round just for Those when he... chicks are so easy, bro. Where <laughs> <laughs> I'm from, they never give it up. Oh my god. Um so he said that he's sitting there and this then then this thing just kind or Ron shrinks down into Ron's size again, and it's Ron. And he's and he said he was very exhausted, tired, and he said, Your brother's gonna be fine now, but I need to go home and, and rest because I'm exhausted. So there was that. And so now I have a guy who's telling me this story that not only is his friend telling him these weird, bizarre, fantastical things that his friend's claiming he can do. Now I have this guy who's looking me in the eyes saying, I've seen him do these things. So now I'm like, okay, so either you've seen him do these things or you're lying to me or you're straight crazy. And so we go through with this more of this uh, conversation. He, he shares more stuff. Um, and we end the, the, the interview. Well, we're still talking. And I told him, I said, why I'm going to pursue this story more because it's so bizarre. And if I find out you're lying to me, I'm going to find you. Cause it's so, it's such a good story. Like I was like, this is such a good story, but I got to try following the leads here because I had something from that interview that I've never had before with one of these amazing stories. Um, I had a book. So he said that there was this book that he read that was written about his friend, Ron. And so can you tell us the name of the book? I can't that I can't. Okay. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to tell people what the name of the book is yet. Ah, uh, so I, I, all right, so let me put it on the premium let's part. Let's get to one part here. Um, the book, there's only 15 copies available on the entire earth. And I have one in my house right now. Uh, because is it an old book? Can you say that? Is it a very old book? Not a very old book. Okay. Okay. Is it expensive? Is it like rare? Do people know it's out there? People. All right. So, there's a little bit of a cult following with this book, but not much. Well, and I would say, it's only once, copies. once I dropped this story, this book would be worth thousands of dollars. Uh, so you're going to name the book in the story, right? I don't know if I can. Oh, okay. I, I don't know yet. So like, there's so many people involved now. Um, okay. So I, when I, when I, when we were done with this interview, I told him, I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to find that author and I need to talk to her. And he's like, good luck. I've been trying to find her for years. I, she's a ghost online. Within an hour, I found her. And so that <laughs> was like, why can't he find her? But I found her, right? So I started talking to her back and forth in email. And I just said to her, I'm like, listen, I know this is an odd request, but uh, do you have, or, or I can't find your book anywhere. Can I uh, get a copy from you? She said it's not in circulation anymore, that she had... Uh, somebody tried killing her over it. And, uh, and, and so they just kind of separated from it. Right. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I understand. I said, 
I, I, this is, I know this sounds weird, but I'm a podcaster. I talk to people about their paranormal experiences. And I have a guy that I interviewed tonight that said that he had experiences with the main character from your book. And he suggested that the book was more real than fiction. And she basically brushed it off. And she's like, yeah, that the, the, the his friend, Ron, was written, this book was written based off, off him, but it was all fiction. And Ron started believing it. He's a schizophrenic and uh, there's nothing to it other than he's Ron's crazy himself. And I'm like, all right. And my initial thought reaction was makes sense, you know? Okay. And then I, and I was like, well, Wyatt says that he saw Ron do these things. And so I said to her, I said, well, I, I, I hear you. But the thing is, the guy I talked to tonight said that he saw Ron do these things. And when I told her that her tune changed completely. And she's like, listen, the shit that I saw in this world is a whole other thing. And she said, I spent years trying to forget this stuff. And every time I get to the point where I'm forgetting about it, I'm letting it go. Somebody brings it back up. It always comes back up in my life. And I was like, okay, things are changing here now. And I, 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 we went back and forth a little bit. And uh, I said to her, listen, I, pretty sure the answer is going to be no, but would you be willing to talk to me? And she said, actually, I would be willing to talk to you because I can't talk to a therapist about this stuff. And if you're going to sit and listen to me and, and believe what I have to say, I'll talk with you. And so two days later, I'm on Zoom with her and we're talking face to face. And she spent two and a half hours talking to me way longer than Wyatt talked with me with way more information because she was closer friends with this guy than Wyatt was. She had way more experiences with him, way more interaction. And the interactions that she had with him were either the same interactions that Wyatt had or more detailed, more in depth. Uh, she was way more involved with this than what Wyatt was. Wyatt was a bystander that observed things. She was actively involved with this guy. Oh my the God. They were doing. Now, is your interview with her going to be for public consumption or are you, is she so, going to... Keep that under I eyes. think I can work it out because right now um, the way she stands is she, she didn't want to be on video. Uh, I She didn't want, want uh, what we were talking about to be released to the public. Uh, but then as we were talking, she did say that she might be open to talking to me on the record, but she wouldn't want her face in, on, in, on video kind of thing like that. I told her that I was going to find Ron and I did find Ron and I want to talk to Ron. And she had, she begged me. She's like, please do not talk to him. Because if you talk to him, he has an he has an ego the size of a whale, and he's gonna open up the Pandora's box again and get get this whole thing going. And so, um, I didn't promise her I wouldn't talk to Ron, and I get the sense that uh, she she would. I don't think she would cut me off if I talked to Ron, mm -hmm. but I want to make sure I utilize my contacts at this point wisely. And so I'm not talking to Ron right now, but I will tell you that there are things that Ron or that the character in the book written to be Ron talks about doing and physical characteristics that I found uh, on Instagram and pictures in Ron's house. Oh, wow. And, oh, and Ron, it, I, the, one of my favorite things about this is that Ron is just such a benign name. Right. His name is, you know, it's just Ron. Oh, oh Ron. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Ron? So, it, like, Ron, Ron is a very like close resemblance. Some. So, so it's not really Ron. I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't remember if I, if I'm allowed to say that his real name yet or not. So that's okay. why I said Ron. All right. Uh, All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we're excited.
We're excited for it all. Can I, can I one one thing? Uh, now, are I you? I have to use the bat. Uh, with Ron, are you gonna try if you do meet him to shoot him? Uh, tr- transforming, possibly is that? Heck yeah! Okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Stop the, to I'm ask so, that question. So, well, he wasn't sure he was even gonna talk to him, so I. I just so, ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, I I want to talk to Ron. Uh, I want to get information. So, oh, let me tell you one more thing here. I know Sam, you got a piss. Um, bad. So, here, let's so, play this video while you go pay it, take a piss. I'm okay. sure I'll be talking, bro, when you come back. Right. Uh, so, I, I did. I, me and my wife have been doing deep dives on this recently. It's been t- you know slow down because we're buying the house, but mm-hmm. um, I found people all over the world that either we found in the book first and found the real person in real life. Oh wow! Okay. Or we found somebody who's almost putting a calling card out publicly that if you know, you, if you really uh-huh. know, then yeah. you know who they are. And I found a guy in South Africa who I believe oh. is directly tied to this. And it makes it because he has a certain thing that he put in his name. That's not his birth name, but he only puts on certain things. And what he puts it on is his artwork that he huh. takes pictures so he takes pictures and he combines them and he calls it his visions from another world combining with this world. And oh. the things that he creates these pictures to be, so he's taking multiple pictures and creating it to be one picture. There are things in there that resemble what Wyatt told me. So Wyatt, one of the details Wyatt told me when he's telling the story and they're chasing that light initially is that the light was so bright. He said it resembled stadium lights. And then in this guy's pictures, he puts extremely bright, obviously stadium lights. When you zoom in and look at it, you can actually see the the arc like baseball stadium lights, Uh but they'll be, they'll be positioned out over a lake or they'll be put, put in like a mountain. And it's all like black and white fogs. And like, it's just, there are certain details that he, that this guy has in his public profile that I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're connected. So I reached out to him and, uh, and he's not talking to me. So (laughs) I I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to talk to him. I really would like to talk to him. He seems like a nice guy. just got married according to Facebook. But, uh, so (laughs) I'm, I'm like a, I'm like an online stalker. Now these people, (laughs) I'm trying to find them and, and, and talk with them and, you know, not trying to make it sound as weird as possible. You know, I'm just trying to be, Hey, I'm normal. I'm cool. I just have a podcast. I'm I'm sure my questions are some of the same questions you, you asked them. I I, I would think, what is this other place like, you know, relative to our world? Is it, is it uh, similar in any way or is it a lot different? Yeah. So, all right. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this too. All right. Um, I'm getting excited, man. This is all bringing. Yeah, I'm back stoked about this, about. dude. This is great. So uh, there have been former guests on my show before Wyatt that have talked about things that Wyatt talked to me about. And all of a sudden there's pieces of my show that's connecting like a puzzle. And um, one of the broad topics is, and I've talked about it on, on this show before, is Nephilim. And Nephilim are talked about a lot in this other realm. And they are, um, I guess in a very generic sense, you could say almost like worker bees. Huh. Like they, 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 they're, they're, they're given tasks. Some of them will do um, like, like Ron talks about how he goes, he went through a, a physical surgery to transform his body in the other realm. So he could do certain things that he just couldn't do otherwise. Oh, 
So and there's medicine and in the other realm. Surgery in another realm? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it, it was a very, like, from what I understand, I didn't read the book. My wife read the book. She reads a lot better than me and she gives me the cliff notes. Um, but uh, from what I understand, it was like a very mystic type surgery. It wasn't just like cutting you oh, open. It was like, is it mapped onto the, the it, to our world? Like, is it like, you know how in, uh, what, what, what's the show on Netflix shit where they go to the other place, you know, the upside down. What is that called? Uh, Stranger yeah, Things. Is it Stranger like that yeah. where it's mapped onto our world or is it completely, you know, like uh, another plane, I guess. Do you see what I'm saying? I think, I think it's like Stranger Things. Okay. And that's the way I've described it in the past uh, when I was thinking about it. And that's the way I visualize it. It's like, a, a, like part of me wants to believe that it's like a mirror universe, mirror world or whatever. But then there's other parts of me that feel like what if there's a lot of people? Because so Ron, Ron had his this 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 author lady involved in this, but he also taught his friends how to do what he does, and they would do these things together. And there's so many details that go into that. Um, but what if what if this is actually something that's not like it's more common than what I'm even giving it credit for? What if like there's multiple, many mirror worlds, and they go by different names? but people are experiencing this all over the place. I totally it, believe that dude. I, it, it, it might be, it might be the case. And so um, I, I'm trying to keep my mind as open as possible approaching this, but my show is directly linked to some of this because I had a guy on, I, if I remember correctly, it was episode 309. It, I called it the predator. And what happened was I do the public show. And then sometimes I'll do an extra hour. If somebody has more to talk about, and we'll make that for members only on the website. So the first hour he's talking about, this guy was in a 1% biker gang. And, you know, from what I understand, it's like you, they call it 1% biker gang because they're the 1% of biker gangs that are actually like the ruthless, you know, gangster kind of guys. He was part of that kind of culture. He, he, uh, he actually got kicked out of the gang for a big fight that he got involved in but he started his own gang and it was like a, a theft gang where he had this whole procedure of how they were robbing houses. Long story short, he's running from the police. He winds up staying on his girlfriend's property where his dad, his, her dad owned it. He stays out there for nine months. He encounters this interdimensional type creature. That's why I called it the predator. Cause he's like, I could see it, but it was translucent. And the second time he saw it, it scared him so bad. He had his mom come pick him up, bring him home where the police came, picked him up and took him to jail for 18 months. Listen, a one percenter, a one percenter. Yeah. A, a cold yeah. blood murderer is so scared. He calls his mother. That's how yeah. scary that shit is, dude. Like she, she told him, she said the cops were at my house three times this week. And he's like, I don't care. Come get me now. And so he chose to go to jail versus stay on the property any longer. So, the second, and that's that has nothing to do with what I'm going with. I'm sorry. No, but it's great, dude. <laughs> so the, the second hour, though, um, he taught he goes totally different direction of being recruited by a satanic cult and stuff post jail. Uh, he's actually a, a Christian now, and he's actually trying to do like ministry and stuff. And like this satanic cult was trying to like recruit him. Um, now that I'm thinking about, it, is I wonder if there's a connection there. Yeah. I'm sure. anyway, anyways, yeah. Um, so he. So he tells me this story, though, about before he got put in jail, um, how he he went he was with his girlfriend and they were having sex and like they're in the middle of having sex. And all of a sudden he's not there anymore. He's walking through this tunnel system that opens up into a big 
uh, throne room. He said that when he entered this room, it said, you're now entering the throne room. And there was a being in there recruiting him to work for it. And he said, no, man, I'm, like he's not interested in stuff. And this, this being, he never got the name, but he said it was like in a three piece suit. He said it was the most, and again, remember, this is a 1% biker guy. He's a tough dude. And he said that this being was one of the most beautiful beings he's ever seen in his life. Like, like if I remember correctly, beautiful eyes. Um, and this, this, this entity was trying to uh, recruit him uh, and offering him, you know, things like he said in a moment's notice, he was all of a sudden in a bed with like a blonde, a brunette and, and a, 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 I don't know, like there's three women, the rainbow and, dog, the rainbow it sounds like the angel of light, right? Sounds like, yeah. sounds like what magic Johnson used to do called the rainbow, Give me the <laughs> rainbow dog. No, I mean, the being sounds like the angel of light, right? The Satan. So Whoa. he, so he, he basically says no. And all of a sudden he's back in his, his bed and not having sex. He sits up, she slaps him across the face. Don't you ever do that to me again? He's like, what are you talking about? I don't remember anything. Like she was pissed. And I, when I got this story from Wyatt and I heard Wyatt talking about this, this, this tunnel system that his friend walked through, opened in this throne room, being recruited, like my brain blew up. Right. Um, and so I contacted the, this guy that I talked to before and I shared with him this whole story. And I actually shared with him the recordings and stuff so he could get detail of it. He goes with his wife his wife now and contacts his ex-girlfriend, they have lunch. And he recorded about five minutes of her telling him what happened that night when he went somewhere else, what did she experience? Oh, wow. And what she experienced that night was some kind of like, it was like he was taken over by a demonic entity. Oh and he, it, it was God. like, a, it was like a game. She was like, he was walking her through uh, different rooms and it, each, each room was like a different level for oh him. My and, and then, and then uh, at one point he even said to her, you're now coming into the throne room. And like, like she, like there was this whole interaction that, that she experienced with him that he doesn't have any recollection. And he recorded that. He sent that to me. And so like there, there's that angle of things. Now, let me just tell you this, because I want to make this point because I, I think it's important. I've, I've teased this all over the place. It's, it's very complex. It's evolving. It's, it's growing. It's, it's crazy story. What really puts me in this position where I'm like, I really think there's something to this is why it tells me this story last year, 2021, late last year, I started the podcast and I dropped my first episode, January 19th, 2017. The book that Wyatt had that I have in my possession now, right now it's up in my bedroom, has a copyright on it of 2012 when this girl wrote this book. So this book with all this information, that's why it's telling me that's, that's pairing up to my show of stories that we've had on the show before was written before my show exists. And so it's like, how do I get around that? Like, like, cause I was trying to think like, is Wyatt lying to me? It, it, did he team up with this author lady and they're just trying to pull one over to me on me to get publicity for my show and all that stuff. They wrote, she wrote the book well before my show existed. Like I, I literally, the job I left tri driving truck, I wasn't even working there yet. When I, when that book was written, I was, I was coaching college basketball when that book was written. I had no inkling of doing what I do now. And so I don't know. I'm just going on a roller coaster ride with this and I haven't talked about it in months and just talking to you guys got me all excited. So 
We'll see what happens. Dude, I'm gonna, it's I'm a gonna, crazy ass story. I'm going to create a whole other podcast for this. So that way, like, cause it's multiple episodes um, and it doesn't get diluted with all the other stories and stuff from the confessionals. And um, we're going to, we're going to tell the story. We're going to do interviews where we can. We're going to tackle uh, different topics and categories like dog man, because they talk about lichen in this other realm and, and lichen being a werewolf and Ron in the book. So part, a big part of this book was, uh, literally her transcribing recorded conversations she had with Ron of her to him telling her oh, about all this. And so at part of that part of the book, he says that lichen, which we would see visually as like a dog man, werewolf are also Bigfoot. And I'm just like, oh. what the heck? Like, you know, like, and so like this, this, this story, this whole thing has so many angles, like, like, why, why is, why is bail involved here? And bail is actually one of seven, uh, one of the seven brothers. What are the seven brothers? And then there's this head entity that directs these entities. What is his, like, I know his name. I'm not going to say it right now, name? but I, I, I'll, I'll tell you after. Um, but like, it, it, like this, there's this head, there's this hierarchy that we hear pieces of in this realm for, for generations but it's like what we heard, like of ball, like, it, like what I, what I know of ball, it, like ball is a big deal, like kind of a problem. But in this realm, ball's like, yo, he's just like, he's just one of the dudes. Like he, he, he ain't nothing special. And so like, what is all this stuff? It's, it's like all time to get the Nephilim. Why are the Nephilim in this other realm? Why are they called Nephilim in the other realm? Is it because that's the actual name? I, like, I, I don't understand it all. Um, and I, I really want to talk to Ron. I really want to talk to Ron. But from what I understand from her, and even Wyatt, it's like opening Pandora's box with him. He's like, apparently he's run away from it, trying to get away. And by me approaching him and, and trying to get more information out of him might open that box. Mm. And, and some fear that by doing that could rain some serious hell on earth kind of thing, which really wouldn't be that bad compared to what we have already. So it's not <laughs> a big deal. In my mind. Maybe so. that's already happening. So I, my last question is this, what is, what is their interest in human workers? What is there some unique quality to, to humans that, that they uh, prize? Uh, that's a good question. That I'm not totally sure of now okay. from the book, there is a war going on in this other realm that Ron was highly involved in. And there were times that Ron would go to the other realm, not knowing if he's going to make it back here. Uh, so I think the purpose, I don't know, man. I really don't know what would happen uh, in that case. Do you think with this other, would the other entity just be stuck in his body? How's that work? So, uh, I, I don't know about that side, but I can tell you this. Um, if, if the entity on that side dies, mm -hmm. the person on this side can no longer access that, that realm. Fascinating. Okay. So it they've been off. bound so, in some way. So, so Wyatt met some of Ron's friends that could do this stuff. And one of the guys, he like, and why it's like a kid. He's like, so tell me, tell me, tell me. And they're just like, bro, bro, calm down, you know? Yeah. Um, and they were, they were very like standoffish. They didn't want to talk about it. But the one guy he said that he did talk to um, couldn't access the other realm anymore because of that exact situation. Like huh. his, his entity died over there. So these entities can die. And so That's I, I, so crazy. And were the, his friends, were they all recruited in the same way or did some of them seek it out? Did you know? Well, as far as Ron's friends go, uh -huh, they were, yeah. from what I understand, they were all involved because of Ron. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so even down to the author. I can't wait to hear all of this. 
Yeah, I can't crazy. wait to hear it all. Like, I, I want to know what this book is, dude. Put it on an audio book. Book is make it an audio book. Are there only fifteen copies because those are all that survive, or was it just an incredibly limited release by her? So she had it at full circulation uh, on Amazon at one time, and uh, when the person um, tried killing her and it got serious, they had all the the copies pulled off market. And uh, she went around. And it wasn't it wasn't a, a popular book to begin yeah, with. Yeah. Uh, it was it was her first book. I um, so she went around trying to get all the copies, you know, different family members and stuff like that. But according to her calculations, she believes there's about 15 books in circulation because, like, one I have because Wyatt gave it to me, and and Ron gave it to Wyatt. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other ones are like uh, she mentioned about like there's certain family members she doesn't talk to anymore, and they have a copy kind of thing. Um, but from what she's gathered and, and, and understands there's like 15, uh, copies available still somewhere. So interesting. And Super like she, interesting. she even told, what'd she tell me? She said, uh, cause when I told her I had the book, I forget what she offered me, but she offered me something for the book. Like, she's like, I want that book. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you crushed it. Big time. Big time episode, big time crush, total, total banger. I could do another total hour. On banger. The we'll do it again <laughs> soon. We'll do part two. I want to know what the fuck the name of that book is, bro. I'm all <laughs> interested in that. But we'll make it happen. Tony, one more time where they can find you. Yeah, uh, the Confessionals Podcast is my main home. And uh, I'm now venturing into building a, a media company. It's called Merkel Media. And uh, I'm going to be doing documentaries. I produce other people's podcasts. Like you guys are familiar with Charlie Robinson, Macroaggressions. I produce yeah. his podcast. Um, and I, I just, I'm doing a lot of things. Like I'm, I'm going to be trying to do comic books, uh, kids cartoons. I'm, my, the idea is, I got the idea from Tim Pool, to be honest with you. Like Tim is trying to create culture. And I'm like, I want to do the same thing. Like I, I want to take back the culture that's kind of being robbed right now. And so like, I, I just- I want to really, make a book with, I want to make a kid show with you. Let's do it. Like I, like, I, I, I want to- like I, I want to do so much stuff. And so that's going to be all through Merkel media, but the documentaries, uh, the show, the documentary series is called Legion of legends, Legion of legends. I do a really bad job promoting that, uh, but it's called Legion of legends. And that's where we're going to be doing all our crazy documentaries and stuff. And expedition Dogman is the first one that we're coming out with. It's dropping on YouTube this Friday night, March 25th. So maybe it will be already aired by the time this goes, but um, it'll no, this be goes the- right out, brother. <laughs> okay. Well, turn and burn, homeboy. Turn and burn. It's, it's going on the uh, Confessionals YouTube channel. And this Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time, it is the only documentary we're going to do where it's going to be on YouTube. We're just doing the first one, for, like we're drug dealers, you know, the first one's free, the, the rest you got to pay for. So, yeah, dude. Uh, we'll, you we're have working out a great out, um, a website, deal with, bro. You have a great website. I uh, appreciate it. My wife stunning. made a lot of those designs. Well, tell your wife she's killing the game. Yes, sir. Yes, All sir. Right, dude. Well, anytime you want to come back on, just hit us up and we'll make it happen. You're killing the game. I'm super happy for you. You know, I'm nobody, but super proud of you. And, uh, dude, you, you, uh, good luck. Keep going. And, uh, dude, you're just really owning your space. And that's great to see, dude. Thanks for coming on. I really do appreciate you. I'm glad I was here, man. Thanks. Hey, guys. Hope to see you in Arizona this weekend. And then Texas is coming up right after. Come get weird, bro. Come get weird. We love you very much. Thank you for your support. Grab your tickets at samtriply.com and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. 
go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack.